we found time, 7-15, Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. Back here with Justin, Justin Egger. We are back. Um, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Um, today I had some class and yeah, you know, just been uh, looking at a lot of the like, stats from people listening to the new project that dropped yesterday and getting a lot of love. Feels good. For sure. Like seeing a lot of like my friends and family and other people that I'm not even close with or let alone even know, like just, you know, I can see who listens to things on SoundCloud. So it's cool. Yeah. A lot how, of, uh, how, how much can you see on there? Cause like, I, that's my favorite part about putting shit out is yeah, so I watching actually, analytics. I can see like, I can't like see real time who's listening, but it'll give me like a 24 hour update mm-hmm. kind of like your past 24 hours. And I want to say it updates like every hour, like top of the hour, every hour. And it'll just show you like how many plays you've had, what songs had, what amount of plays. And it'll show you like, not really, you can see like who listened to what, but it's more just like your top listeners and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool. You can see like countries and stuff like that, that you get streams from. So like, it's really cool seeing any country yeah. that's not America stream a song <laughs> of mine since like, Absolutely. I don't really know anyone. So it's always like, you know, it's cool to see something go around globally. The um the the platform we use to sell clothes, Shopify, um, has a wild like live payment thing. Cause like whenever yeah. you buy something, it like shoots it across like a bunch of radio towers to make sure you're a real person trying to buy something with a credit card. That's and you can like see like someone's buying it in Bristol, like right now. Yeah, like, yeah. So weird. I can see that too. I can see like Newtown, Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't know, like States College, Westchester, or even like if you were listening to it here, it'd probably say like Pendell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's from like where the actual person's listening to it connected yeah. to Wi-Fi or just like where their account is from. Like, right. But I think it's like where they're listening to it from because, yeah. I don't know, a lot of people that yeah. I knew growing up, like that live in the city right now that listen to it, like I get a lot of plays in Philly, so. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, it's a great project. I appreciate it. Listening to last last two days. Another fire cover by Found. Yeah, for sure. Found another cover. (laughs) Um, That was a fun one. I, I, um, because I I remember you had showed me when we did the last one, you had showed me the one Ethan did mm -hmm. for the first one. And so he he made that on his, I want to say he made majority of that like on a Photoshop app (laughs) on his phone, like sitting next to me on the couch in my old apartment and like, you know, I had the box of incense. I showed him it. I was like, just this yeah. cool background. You know, I'm cool with a plain background. I'm cool with whatever. And he went ham on that one. Yeah, I liked absolutely. how you, like, did the same thing but a little bit different. And, like, you yeah. know, had the, the two boxes instead of one on it. Well, I figured you wanted something, you know, similar and keep into the, the Nag Champa-like vibe of it because that's the point, I guess, of the, so I'm gonna, the imagery, right? Yeah. I'm trying to have – I'm going to take my time because I've – Really had like three projects in like a very short amount of time for myself, which I'm happy to do. But I'm gonna wait a little bit, and I have, I think, four Doom like MF Doom remixes that I already did and like released. I had one on Nag Champa Volume One, and I got three on this one. Mm-hmm. I want to get like four more remixes and get them all together on like a playlist with like hopefully get you to do a cover for me too <laughs> for sure and just do something totally different like dude you you put that on your story right earlier and i was just the whole time i was listening to the album i was trying to come up with a clever combo name of mf right? doom and jane ag yeah i was actually I just, thinking about that i was yet. thinking of that today too i'm i'm an out that kind of stuff like just comes naturally after yeah, a yeah, while yeah. 
Like I've always wanted to do like the Kanye one and like I was just waiting for like the right time and when it falls into place and yeah, absolutely. leave of absence end up working. Um, Nag Champa was just like me realizing that <laughs> it started with it's, Nag and it, I was like, it's a good, it's a good kid action for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the Doom one, I would definitely, you know, I haven't talked to you really much about it yet, but nah. I would love to get like, like again, no time soon, but yeah, you some need sort of like when I think of Doom and I think of like a Doom cover, I think of like the Doomsday cover. Yeah. I think of like the mm food cover where it's like the like animated cartoon, like Doom yeah. villain, which I think would be like very noticeable to have on there for the cover. Did you see, um, we did a podcast. Can you look at uh, the Hustle Threads? Podcast. We did a podcast with a guy called Hustle Threads, um, who's a vintage guy, um, and he had a hat that uh, is made by All My Hats Are Dead. We've mentioned him a ton on the podcast, but um, so it's his logo on one side. He's got like kind of like a mock, like uh, I think it's the Knicks mock Knicks logo, and then the other side he's got the MF Doom guy oh. like, running across the side of the hat. See if you can. I think I can kind of see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, so, so he's got Doom on the front, and on the side he's got the character. I might have seen you repost that or something. Yeah, he's yeah. So he got that made by the All My Hats Are Dead guy, who's crazy talented embroiderer. But um, yeah, that's cool. yeah. We're making him a hat too. But um, hey, I yeah, thinking, I love I love that character. I was thinking about getting like, just like again, just an idea. Like I've never done like any type of like merch or anything like that. Yeah. But it'd be cool to like get some sort of doom inspired like mask absolutely mask like everyone's wearing masks nowadays like getting some sort of like i don't know some whether it's his mask on the mask or like a lyric of his i've seen like a lot of masks where they have like sayings or lyrics on it or something yeah i feel like that'd be cool too absolutely i think my favorite lyric um on your new project is the uh kurt angle rookie year one i was like oh that's so it's such a dude he's clever it's such a weird and like perfect connection of two things i don't know it's it's (laughs) that's how you i would describe like all of doom's music but um that's really sweet uh we were talking before um about uh like making visuals and stuff yeah because that was the first thing i said to you after listening to like only half of the project and i was like just because that's the way I think and, like, thinking about so much Same. about making visual content anyway. I'm a but, big um, YouTube, like, you yeah. know, even when, like, uh, like I feel like any album that drops nowadays or, like, a single and it has, like, a cover and you listen to it on YouTube, if there's not a music video for the song, it normally has, like, some sort of visualizer. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is, like, cool because it doesn't really have to be on beat or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Man on the moon part three has a crazy one Mm -hmm. like on YouTube. It's just like this trippy animation looped visual. that just goes well with all the songs. Yeah. Like they do that on Spotify too. Yeah. 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 Like it's like 15 second loop. I would love to get something like that. I was talking to, um, Eben about getting one of those. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out Eben. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, and I think like, even it kind of works the opposite way too where like on youtube it's really important to have that little visual to just keep people's like attention and keep clicking on the next thing because i mean like sean listens to music on youtube i usually don't i usually listen on youtube's huge for music spotify that's where i mean i i obviously my main music that i listen to is on spotify i do use soundcloud a lot because they got good mixtapes and like 
you know, anyone that I know who like releases music normally releases stuff on uh, SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. But YouTube's for like, I feel like everyone has YouTube on either their PlayStation or Xbox or like their TVs or, or their computer or whatever. And it's just like easy to like, you know, kind of pass around the aux. So say, yeah, yeah. And like have everyone play a little bit of something or, you know, the... Uh, What's the algorithms for YouTube? Like they're constantly like putting like new videos or oh like you want this? Well, this is similar to that. Yeah, like, kind of thing. So I feel like it would be good. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I started using I guess I started using YouTube more. I don't know. Like I start getting the weirdest shit now too when I'm using, especially on my computer. Like on my phone, it'll just recommend me the shit I'm subscribed to like mm -hmm. over and over again. But if I go on the computer, like especially if I'm like just up uploaded a video or something, so I'm still on it. There's just a crazy rabbit hole I, oh of yeah. stuff. I love that stuff. And though. it's so it's it feels like old YouTube where the videos are now like short again and they're not just like these twenty minute vlogs of like I hate life. how YouTube nowadays is just like, here's me. Here watch me like react to this yeah. for the first time. So then now you're reacting to someone reacting yeah. to something and it's just like fine, just watch the original thing and not watch this person smile or frown throughout and, the whole and thing. And half the stuff is this is the the exact reaction you think you're going to get before you click on the video. It's like, oh, this person's listening to this thing. They're going to hate it. My recommended YouTube's normally music videos. Um, Which need more love. Music yeah. Videos a lot of, I love music videos because there's so many different kinds and eras of music videos. Um, I get a lot of like, I do sampled like crate digging pretty much mm -hmm. on YouTube because I do it on Spotify. I've done it with like actual records and I, I use splice sometimes, but yeah. YouTube has like playlists that people put together and will update like every week of just like weird. Like I find certain samples on YouTube from songs that aren't on Spotify mm -hmm. and just like, I don't know. I'll find one and be like, oh, this is fire. And I'll look in the comments and someone's like, here's a beat I just made out of this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the problem with Spotify is it seems like it's just like a um it's just like an endless loop of like the same beats and songs being used over and over again cuz I think Spotify seems like it's this super deep like catalog of stuff and it is for some things but then there's certain groups that like you'll hear people mention and then you go look at and they have nothing on Spotify. Yeah. They have a a profile with no music on it. True. It's like I know these people existed. I know they made four albums or whatever. I can yeah, look that YouTube up online. Yeah, YouTube definitely has like more when it comes to that like i said yeah. there's a lot of fan made stuff on youtube like a lot of stuff that like i don't know how they have copyright to like you ever see things on yeah. youtube and like how do you have copyright <laughs> to that but i don't you know what i mean like a lot of things like that um i see people like it's a common thing on youtube i'm sure it's on spot uh on soundcloud too but like people will get like an two albums and like blend them together kind of like the gray album yeah, where like yeah, someone yeah. got uh, the Black Album by Jay-Z, the White Album by the Beatles, and blend them together. Yeah. I've seen people do it with, like, someone did, like, Mad Villain and Flower Boy. So they got, like, Doom rapping over, like, Tyler the Creator type beats, which mm -hmm. was kind of cool. I've seen, like, I don't know, like... There's the, uh, there's I, the Kanye Christmas album. The Kanye Christmas album. I saw a... Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Christmas album, Notorious B.I.G. like Frank Sinatra album, B Biggie, um, Thomas the Tank Engine. Really? Yeah, you hear that? <laughs> no. Sorry, you gotta play some of that. Um, it's so funny. It's just like the way that the Thomas the Tank Engine theme like 
Like uh, I think I've seen beat. a Thomas the Tank. It engine. just lines up with like Snoop and Thomas Biggie the Tank and... engine bass boosted theme. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, this one's oh, wow. forty-one That's... million views on this video. Must slap. Turn it up, John. <laughs> that cover is hilarious. This is. I've seen this. I've seen this done with almost every old school rapper. Keep going. Release the brainstorm to make the motherfucker. <laughs> That's fire. It works really well. Yeah, I know. That's insane. What was it? Scroll down. But yeah, that's the YouTube's also for stuff like that. I've also been listening to a ton of like um, the video essay stuff on music too on YouTube. There's a ton of really great like history stuff on. You ever YouTube. listen to uh, Dissect? It's a podcast on Spotify. No, it is really really good. I think I've seen they, that. Uh, it's a guy who like breaks down all of uh, I don't know a lot of like like popular rap albums slash mm. like. I don't know. He did Lemonade. He's done To Pimp a Butterfly. Uh, trying to think what else. I mean, he did Because of the Internet. He, and he's currently doing Yeezus this season. Nice. And it's just cool because, like, he'll break it down from, like, a music nerd standpoint of, like, oh, like, in this song he uses a minor second, which yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and, like, talks about, like, music theory. But then he'll, like, he has a guy who I guess they do stuff like they do the podcast together and he's like his guy who does the beats for him and he'll like if he's talking about a certain instrument or like a synth or a bass or anything in that song, this guy will like break it down and like remake it pretty much. So like you can kind of like solo mm -hmm. a certain track on a certain song and he just like. I don't know the way he like describes certain songs that you would like he did uh, his most recent one is I am a God. Because he's doing every single track on Yeezus. And he's like, I don't know, he takes a, a lot of stuff very serious. He's like, <laughs> Kanye's obviously calling himself a god throughout the song, but he's still waiting on his croissants. So obviously he doesn't have the powers of a god, and he's more of a moral being. And it's like, what? It's like, I didn't even think about it like that. And like, he has a lot of cool, like, I don't know, he'll talk about a song, and he'll take one song that's like three minutes long and break it down into like four. 45 minutes of like dissecting it pretty that's much. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see, I'll watch those videos and I immediately get lost when they start bringing up the music theory stuff. Like, I, yeah. I, I was watching a video yesterday on a song that my grandfather likes. And that's the only reason I clicked on the song because I knew he like really loved the song. And so I clicked on it. It was like a 45 minute documentary on this song. But it was like the history and stuff was super interesting. I was like, because it was connecting the shit that I knew about like mentioning like blues and like jazz people that I had heard of and like knew. And I was like, oh, this is like connected to that. Like, yeah. I just figured it was a Frank Sinatra song my grandfather liked. You know what I mean? I have to do a lot of that stuff for class sometimes. Yeah. Like I have like a jazz history class where like we get a Spotify playlist. We have to like pick a song from the playlist and just like dissect it pretty much. Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's kind of cool when you really take the time to like think about everything that's happening in a song and like someone sat there and wrote every single part of it or. Yeah. 
don't know, especially something like Kanye on Yeezus where, like, everything was low-key, like, so deep. And you might listen to the album and just think it's a lot of, like, random screams and yeah. samples and distorted stuff. But, like, you learn so much. Like, I'm finding out that, like, Daft Punk pretty much produced, like, a lot of that album with him, which I knew they had their sense. hands in, like, the first song I knew. But he talks about, like, how on the song On Sight, Kanye originally had, like, Daft Punk just record. They had, he had this, like, wall, they had this wall of synthesizers, and they just, like, made this crazy, like, 10-minute-long song. And it was just all weird synthesizers, like, no lyrics, just, like, beats kind of going phasing in and out and stuff and he brought it to rick rubin and rick rubin like kind of in this interview talks about how he's not like a producer he's a reducer and he like instead of like adding to the song he'll listen to something that's like 10 minutes long and pick like the best two minute part to just like have that as the main thing yeah i don't know it's kind of cool to hear about that kind of stuff because pretty awesome pretty much you're now like sampling yourself in a way by doing that like you're performing you are the 10 minute song that you're sampling and then Kanye or whoever's picking the best two minutes and like yeah. sampling it and chopping it and like looping it up. Well, because I mean, when you have producers like Daft Punk, they could make an endless song that was yeah. sounded great. They did. I think they did like a lot. And now that like you listen to it, like it makes a lot of sense. Because yeah, before that, I mean, 808s was very obviously 808 drum inspired, mm-hmm. but the synths and all the crazy like I don't even know like genre bending. Like, sound of Jesus is very, very, like, yeah. you know, you can really hear that stuff come through with their production. I was I was watching a video on, um, there's a billion of these videos online, but of, um, like, copyright cases of people who were like, oh, you stole my song. Um, and it went through a bunch of examples. Like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, really famous ones, like the Vanilla Ice one where he stole from Queen and and Bowie and that was the beginning one and they kind of used that to explain the whole concept and then they have this little segment where Vanilla Ice is talking about like um, how only the big songs get get called out for that copyright infringement if they make a lot of money they go after you because there's money to be made in that lawsuit um, but later in the video they got to Uptown Funk and Uptown Funk has been sued by like 12 different people who were like, you stole the drums, you stole my vocals, you stole the way I say this one thing. And it got to a point where it was like, well, if all of you guys think that you he stole different parts of the song from all of you, then how is that not a new song when he just took 12 different parts of other songs and put them together? Like, it's not like Vanilla Ice where he literally changed like one downbeat. It's like there's one extra beat I in there. Thinking about, I always you think know? about that with production and stuff like that because like... I'm not a crazy, like, piano player, guitar player, or anything like that. I'm not too, 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 like, well-experienced with theory. I've taken my music theory classes. I know about it. But Mm. I'm pretty sure there's not people, like, creating new chord progressions that often. Like, something that's never been heard before. Like, it's 2021. There's been, like, thousands and thousands of years of music, not recorded music, but just music in general and, like, drum patterns instruments like anything like string instruments pianos all that stuff has been around for years so it's like the whole thing about music theory is that there's a theory of what sounds good to our ears too so like when you go outside that boundary and there's a lot of music that does it doesn't sound good but sometimes that's on purpose but like you know if you're listening to a punk song and it's offbeat on purpose or whatever but but like 
so the idea that you could continue to come up with new very simple things like a beat or a guitar riff like that's kind of silly i don't really get it yeah there's there's definitely people that can do it and they make a lot of like you know everything's original everything was played in but Mm -hmm. everything's inspired by something yeah and absolutely i don't know it's just kind of like even um when like sounds change so say like i feel like recently like a lot of like uh like trap kind of hip-hop is very like electronic sounding i know Mm -hmm. they've always had like heavy like 808 drums and like sub bass but i mean like the actual melody is like a lot of uzi and like yeah playboy cardi shit um it sounds like edm-y mm-hmm. take out like all the hip-hop drums and just like have that like yeah whatever synth that loops the whole song it's like very yeah. very like spacey um, like future yeah. house kind of thing it's very interesting and like i feel like for a while shit was just like you know your classic like flute like right. there's a flute the flute right. phase for a while and like a lot of popular songs are like right or just like the soul sample for yeah and exactly like early 2000s or like or you know the 90s when everyone was just mm-hmm. chopping up classic drum breaks and i mean I, i'd say it's an 80s influence too right i mean like everything yeah. else right now is copying off the 80s why yeah, not the weekend. music look back at electronic music from the 80s sure. and like take the same stuff does that mean we're gonna get a grunge revival in the the next decade i would love to see that but i think that'd be cool (laughs) probably not but um yeah there was another song in that video they um they took two different billy eilish songs and they compared them one they compared to people are strange by the doors which was like wildly similar i was like because like the last two but it was like the last two phrases in both of the verses were the same so i was like well that's not her copying that's clearly an homage to that song and like the rest of the song is different so like it's like you know when like jay-z or or kanye will mention another song or another artist in a lyric just because you mention or you say the same words as somebody else that's not i like when like copying i like when especially i mean hip-hop i feel like it's probably the most common genre where people like straight up sample songs yeah obviously this happens in other genres, but mainly hip hop. I like when hip hop samples other hip hop. Yeah, it's, it's like there's only so many classic soul songs or like yeah old like you know classic rock songs that get recycled over and over again and all these type beats. And then like I don't know, like um, I didn't even like the song that much or the album that much, but it did have SZA on it. That DJ Khaled sampled Miss Jackson hmm. on a song on like Father of Assad or one of his albums that he came out with in the yeah. past couple of years. It was just cool to hear like the actual Miss Jackson beat and like melody like sampled into like a newer wave hip hop song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I I I think the, like the more I get into kind of the the newer hip-hop stuff the more i appreciate it but it's still not something that i like want to put on and listen to you know what i mean like i think no matter who's making the music if i can like dissect it in any way i'll probably be interested in it you know what i mean like i was listening to like old blues songs a couple weeks ago just because of like the all like the devil references that was in the news because of Lil nas x i was just like well i want to know like where that shit start like you can go back to like 50 60 years ago and they're singing about like the devil at the crossroads and shit like 
I just wanted to like take as much of that in as possible to like understand it. But like I, I, the Playboy Cardi album, new Playboy Cardi album, I was just like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, so like I, a couple of songs are okay, but I'm just like, I don't my, like this. My thing with him is like, I feel like his first two albums before that were pretty good, but mm. they were also pretty short. True. And this album, long albums. This album was like very long. It was like 20 songs or something like that. And that just reminds me of like any hip hop album that really tries to be too long. Mm -hmm. Like there's certain people that can pull it off, but then like even people that have some of the best albums. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. There's like a lot. Of, there's I'm, I can't really think of one off the top of my head, but you know what I mean? Like once a yeah. song, what's an album really has like more than like 15 songs and they start getting like that 20 or more songs. Yeah. It gets long and like better, better have like a really good story. I don't know. Like I guess right. I like, I guess that's right. me personally. I like like I think about like To Pimp a Butterfly or like Good Kid, Mad City. They're both pretty long albums when you listen to the deluxe versions or whatever. Yeah, and it's like a good story. Yeah. You're not really hearing the same song twice. You're kind of like I don't know if you're in the mood for like a movie type of an album that's an hour and a half long. You can put that on and at the end of it be like, damn, that was fire the whole I, way through i think i think the thing too is like we were talking about how daft punk can make a you know 30 minute long song and have it be dope but be 30 minutes long i think a lot of rappers in that way can write like bar after bar after bar and fill up a 20 albums or 20 song album but like the fact that you have a story i think like on to pimple butterfly kendrick had so much stuff that he made untitled unmastered after that with, yeah. with no story but he probably had all that stuff in front of him and was like, yeah, but what fits the story that I'm trying to tell on To Pimp sure. a Butterfly? And so he was able to be like, oh, Levitate, that's a dope song. Fucking chuck it on some other album that I'm going to yeah. do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it helps to limit you. You know what I mean? I think artists need that in a way. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I feel like getting your really, really good songs from your most recent project and kind of like, almost like shadowing them with songs surrounding it that might not be that good can kind of like, instead of bringing those other songs up, they almost kind of drag that song down. Mm -hmm. So I feel like track listing is very important. Like there's nothing like when a, a new album comes out and you like listen to the whole thing or you skip, you skim through it or whatever you do to like really add songs to your playlist. And like it's a 20 album, 20 song long album. And you pick like three songs to mm -hmm. add to the playlist or whatever. And then yeah. like if you're only really listening to that playlist and you didn't like the album enough to add more than three to your playlist, then what's the chances you're gonna actually go back and listen to that album all the way yeah. through? Nothing like when an album comes out and you're like, I'm gonna add this whole thing to the playlist. <laughs> yeah. You know what you're, I mean? When there's you're, a lot of albums that I genuinely you, do that with. You added like nine songs and there's two left on the album, you're like, Man, I'll just fucking, well, exactly. I'll throw them in there too. Why not? The um also, I mean I like with a lot of the producers that like inspire me, like Dilla, Madlib, Alchemist, like they're very good at making these instrumental albums. Like Alchemist just did the food villain. Mm -hmm. I think it's like twenty something songs or maybe close to it. Nineteen or something. But it's only thirty minutes long, the mm -hmm. album. So now you got like these songs and some of them might be two minutes long. Yeah. Some of them might be like 45 seconds long yeah but the way that i don't know if you've listened to that album yeah he samples like fuck that's delicious throughout mm -hmm. the whole thing the show and it's just like blends and flows really well it, and, it like, feels anytime, like one song anytime i listen to that album i like find myself listening to the whole thing all the way through yeah yeah i think that's a totally 
number one, unique way to make a hip hop album, but also like, I love when albums, like you said, how important it is to, to track all those songs out in the right way. But like, I like albums also that just play with that and make it like weird, like where you'll ha have a great song at the beginning and then you go down like a fucking horrible, like turn of like depressing and whatever songs. And then you come out on the other side and it's I like, I always think of the life of Pablo oh, when I think of that. Like, yeah. The life of Pablo is like one of the craziest like, roller, roller coasters of an album. Like, yeah, there's like gospel -y, very like, yeah. I don't even like, I was listening to it today. So that's why I'm thinking about it so freshly in my mind, but it's just like, the way that he had like the outros on certain songs blend into the yeah. intros of the song that comes after it. Mm -hmm. And then once the intro or the outro is done, like he could do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. Like how ultralight beam like flows into the beginning of father stretch my hands like really well. Cause you got father stretch my hands like that gospel, yeah. like uh sampled intro. And then he goes into like the crazy Metro boom and beat which then fades out into like the Panda remix for yeah. part two. Yeah. And then that kind of goes back into like sample, sample, then it goes into famous. Like it's just like yeah. the way he does all that is like very well executed. I felt like with that, with that too. And, and like it's so, it must be impossible, but like, you know, these artists are trying to make hits a lot of the time where there's huge songs that could play on the radio and make a lot of money. But also like, like that's a perfect album where, there's like, it's like Real Friends is here and like Famous is here. And then there's this just perfect song that fits in between all the gaps on that album. Yeah. Where like, and I, I love, that's what gets me to come back and listen to that album because it's not like, I think the worst culprit is Culture 2 where it just like, I was going to say like that earlier. Three because... minute radio song, three minute radio song. Yeah. And it's like just, you know, triplet beat, triplet flow the whole yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah. it's and just I feel so like boring. <laughs> ever since they came out with that, they low key like have just, Trust me, there's a couple songs on Culture that I, I mean, Culture 2 that I really fuck with. Yeah. And Culture 1, I always will say, is like one of my favorite yeah, 2016 really nice. albums. But once you do that and people kind of like really start putting two and two together, like, damn, they really go to the studio and make the same fucking song <laughs> every single day. And make like 40 of them. And, and it's good. Shoot but it like, out. you know, you have to be in the mood to listen to like yeah. 20 or 30. Like, I think. Um, like, I feel like 21 Savage has had a really good progression of, like, yeah. changing up his style. Because you listen to a lot of his early stuff, like, before Savage Mode, like, his first two tapes, a lot of the stuff was very, like, copy and pasted in a way. Yeah. Like, you could tell he had his style. And then you could tell there was other songs where he was, like, trying to almost do other people's style and, like... A lot of the beats sounded the same. It was a lot of, like, hard shit. Mm -hmm. And then, like, right around the time he dropped, like, a lot with J. Cole and, like, did that album, um, yeah. I Am Better Than I Was. Pretty, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty on the nose yeah, there. Pretty yeah, on the pretty on the nose name. And, like, even the one before that, like, it's an album. Like, he does a good job now, because I listen to Savage Mode 2, where he just, like... He'll have a whole album, and you're like, oh, this is like a 21 Savage album. Yeah. He's not trying to sound like anyone. He sounds like himself, but he, like, did a really good job in, like, not having the same song twice on there. Mm -hmm. Like, not literally, but you know what I mean? Like, really no, switching absolutely. it up. Every song you hear on it blends into the next one nicely and also, like, just is a nice switch up, and it's enjoyable to sit down and listen to the whole thing all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, there's not... I, I like. I also like any type of album where, like, the intro and outro of a song is so, like, 
good slash like unique in a way where yeah. you can listen to that album on shuffle and then you can listen to it in any order and yeah. it'll like blend especially if you have like a crossfade on on like your spotify playback thing so you can have like the last six seconds like blend into the first six seconds of the next mm-hmm. one you can find some crazy combinations of like ways to play certain albums and stuff like that where it like sounds really cool like for sure that's like that's like a live dj yeah exactly 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 my first um i did like a mix i don't have a dj board i used to but i did that like nag champa mix uh after i dropped nag champa part one before leave of absence i made like a 30 minute long mix of just like songs from nag champa i did like other songs like on top of it Mm -hmm. And, like, just, like, playing around with, like, the transitions and stuff like that kind of made me think about, like, a lot of them were inspired by, like, me driving around all day for work, having my, like, playlist, which is, like, massive, like, on shuffle and just, like, oh, those two songs, like, sound really, really good or, like, samples and stuff like that, like, finding a way to, like, mix a sample song with the song that samples it and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, that to me is, like, the root of creativity, too. Like, I, that's why I like all my playlists. Like, I have two playlists that I'll go between and they're the most basic fucking names ever. It's rap and not rap. <laughs> now, is, is everything in those playlists rap and not rap? Nah, not really. But like, it's just a joke to make like that. Like, here's if I want to listen to like rock songs and like everything else, blues, whatever, grunge, whatever else fucking is on the playlist. But like going from like a song that was written in like 1944 to a song that's written in like 1981 yeah it's so different it gives you a different weird vibe but then you'll some days you'll come across two songs that get paired next to each other and you're like oh that's weird these songs are both talking about this one thing or like they sound awfully similar in this way so i used to make big like specialized playlists for myself in like mm. high school and i was really into that like i need yeah. like a smoking weed playlist right, like right all right. that kind of things the situational stuff yeah right. but like now i kind of just find myself ever since i like got spotify a couple years ago any song that i like whether it's like i will go back and sample this or mm-hmm. i will go back and listen to it and enjoy it any genre i just hit the like button so yeah. then i have this crazy combination <laughs> yeah. of like different things that i liked and it used to be kind of confusing because if i would shuffle that and I would, like, get up and walk away from my phone, and I'd be playing the aux with, like, a bunch of my friends. I'd come back, and there'd be, like, some weird, slow, like, <laughs> song that I'm going to sample. I'm like, oh, sorry about that, guys. Like, <laughs> and now they just updated it so you can actually select the genre. Like, you can filter the genre uh. in the playlist. So, like, it'll show you all the genres that you have select like possible in that uh playlist like the liked playlist and you click that and it'll get rid of all the other ones so it'll have just the hip-hop ones or just the classic rock ones so you can kind of like oh like here's all my songs that i like what genre am i am i in the mood for you click the genre and then it's all the songs from that genre that you like and like shuffle that's cool i need to check that out it's like very it's a really easy way to just like not think too much about your playlist but get so much music on there because if i like this song you click like because like it's not as like I am, I am super just like, I'm super straightforward with the with the skip button. Like I'm just skipping like 15 songs in a row until I get I one that, that I'm with. Yeah, are you are do you feel bad about it? I one of my <laughs> you biggest feel bad pet, about skipping. Not even that. One of my biggest pet peeves because I like a lot of music. Mm-hmm. So like if something comes on, you know if it's like the right song, 
and it plays for like two seconds and then someone skips it. Like oh, someone well, else. Yeah. I hate that. Oh, for or sure. Like, or just in general, like that reminds me of like being a kid and like being in the car with your parents and them just <laughs> skipping through the radio yeah. and it's like static, static, <laughs> finds a song, oh, that song sucks, go to the next station, like just keep to it. Like, or worse, if you're like 30 seconds into a song that you like and then they just go like... Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, more just, like, those people that, like, are indecisive about what song they want on the yeah. playlist, so they just keep skipping. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, don't skip. How about you press pause and you scroll so I don't have to listen to, like, ten different two-second previews no, of, like, all that. songs. I'll like, I would listen to any ten of those songs. I'm not that picky. That one. I don't know. I like to I like to pretend that Spotify can uh, sense what I want to listen to too. Where I'm like, I just played three of those types of songs again. Don't play me a fucking slow song. I'm clearly playing they loud songs right now. They will like the Spotify is very hit or miss for me because I feel like some days I wake up and I'm like totally not in the mood for what they're showing me because it's like mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, they show me like the same albums every single day, yeah. which I'm cool with because a lot of them are my favorite albums of all time. But yeah. like, and then they have that like newly discovered thing or like for you, like discover yeah. more or whatever. And I like it, but it's a lot of like newer artists that they're trying to like push. And I, yeah. I think that's cool. Like yeah. I'm a, I'm a newer artist, so sure. I would want them to do that for me. But in terms of like certain genres and stuff like that. They, I feel like they have a pretty bad time at, like, showing you new things. Like, there's millions and millions and billions or whatever of songs in the world, and I, like, still see the same ones on my Spotify. Even in my, like, For You mixes, like... Well, yeah, that, that's what I was saying about, like, the deepness of it. Like, it, it seems like it's really deep, but you only really get the same shit every time. The, yeah. the best way i found to um, find new music is to go to go to an album you like, maybe that you don't listen to a lot, Pick a song and then play that song's radio. Don't play the album's radio. Don't don't, do that don't, enough don't play the thing. don't play the artist's radio. Yeah, because it'll give you the same like mm-hmm. the same shit. But if I go into like a certain type of, because then what it does is it just compiles all the albums of artists similar to that one at that exact time. So like if you're you know four albums back in somebody's catalog, it's not going to show you stuff from this decade. It's going to show you stuff from that decade. Interesting. So, like, I, I, I found a lot of, like, weird stuff. And then from there, you just got to follow it and be like, I feel oh, like who's Sound, this? SoundCloud's really good with doing that for me a lot of times because SoundCloud, there's so, so many things on there I listen to that are, like, really only on there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all of, uh, like, Action Bronson's mixtapes, like, Blue Chips 1, Blue Chips 2. And because I listen to those, it'll, like, recommend action bronson songs that aren't on those albums but like i might enjoy because Mm -hmm. they're like you know action bronson or i don't know they do it a lot with like any any artist that like i find like really cool like on unreleased but just like like wiz khalifa and stuff like that like songs i've never heard before i don't even recognize the album cover or anything or like a lot of mac miller stuff too like Mm -hmm. just things that aren't on spotify I'd never really have seen on YouTube before. Like, it might even be like fan uploaded or something like that. I'll find that's how I found like a lot of random producers and stuff like that, too. Like, cool, like remixes, like kind of stuff like that. I'd like to do, yeah, just people flipping stuff. It's really cool, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I, uh, I try to use, I, I, I try to use Spotify the most because 
what bothers me about that is like I would find something cool on SoundCloud and then I wouldn't be able to put it on my playlist and then I'd forget that it exists <laughs> and then I would never like come back to it. You know, what I, I mean? hate how SoundCloud like everything's. I mean, you can make private playlists mm-hmm. if you really want to do that and stuff, but I feel like everything's like kind of public on SoundCloud and now I like have my my page and I like want it to be like presentable. Like yeah, a lot right. of people, a lot of artists will like take their SoundCloud pages and like repost other artists. But like, I used to hate that when I would heavily use SoundCloud and I would like listen to like certain, like, I don't know, DJs or producers. And I would have to scroll through on their profile, like a bunch of songs that they reposted just to get to their music yeah. that they posted. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I f- I have, like, my liked section where I have some of my songs on there, but I also have, like, the songs that I will, like, listen to on my own time mm-hmm. on SoundCloud, but then, like, my main page is just, like, just my stuff. So, I don't know. Shit can get, like, kind of confusing or just, like, and just, I, it can get very easily swept under a rug when you don't really yeah, want it to. I, I know this probably exists, but, like, I wish there was a... I, I wish there was a better platform, to be honest. That was somewhere between SoundCloud and Spotify that, like maybe artists could put up their playlist. And I know a lot of artists would be like really not want to put up what they're listening to because someone's going to come in and jack what they're listening to and make their shit before they do. But like, True, or it like, would be cool to have that, like a like a Twitter of It would be. Music. I wonder like, I don't know. I couldn't, it's hard to like predict, but I feel like a lot of the big artists, like someone like Drake, I feel like Drake wouldn't like, wouldn't put what he's listening to because whatever Drake's listening to is probably somewhat going to be around like the same sound that he's going for on his next or like inspired by or whatever and like you know maybe he might be secretly listening to kanye and he doesn't want people to know that he (laughs) listens to kanye still his whole thing is like going to the the most obscure but funky and works forth his music and then just stealing that shit and making it he's you know controller he's whatever yeah he's really good at like making every time he drops like a new single or like one of those little three packs that he does, mm-hmm. I know that they're going to be like the hottest songs <laughs> out for the next couple of weeks. So it's like yeah. inevitable. It's not going to not happen. Like he just does it every single time. And it's yeah. like, he sounds, he sounds very similar on a lot of songs, but also he doesn't in a way, like he's mm-hmm. really good at switching up his style. Like, yeah, he's really evolved over the past couple of years. I honestly like since Scorpion, or Scorpio, whatever that album was. I think it was Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah. Ever since he released that, I feel like everything he's came out with has been fire. Yeah. But it's all been like all over one the place. Here, he had like songs, there. two songs with DJ Khaled. He had like, then you have those two songs when Going the Raptors, bad. he had the two songs with the when the Raptors won. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He hops on a lot of features. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Anytime he does something like that, I just feel like that's low key his best stuff. Yeah, I I mean he's become more like a, not a producer but like a you know I'm gonna bring a bunch of people together and put them on a song and then I'm also gonna be on it yeah you know level of because I think I don't know that's he hasn't been rapping really on the on albums for a while now I mean he does he has like his last he album, has he his had, his way he had like his rapping. A side where it was like it was him like rapping and stuff there was a couple songs where he was spitting and then he has like. I literally saw it at his concert. He did, like, his first couple songs, and it was, like, him, like, rapping really hard. And then, like, he, like, dropped the curtains and dimmed the dimmed the lights. And yeah. it literally was, like, his B-side stuff, <laughs> yeah. which was, like, you know, all of his slower singing, like, 
bringing a girl up on stage and singing to her kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really like the hits from Drake. Like, I really like the hits that he That's brings how out. I laugh now, cry later. It, I find just myself like, listening to that all the time. What's yeah. next? I love that shit. Pop star. Dude, like, every, all of his, like, hot songs views, that have came out recently. I was, I was, I was, I fucked with it. But I don't fuck with him as an album artist, really. Like, to me, I don't know. I'm not that into it that I... I can agree with you that. You know what I mean? Then I'm it's like, very rare that, like, I listen to, like, a whole... Yeah, whole Drake. A album. whole Drake album, and like, it's like hard for me to really. I think maybe I've listened to like a mixtape all the way through from from his early stuff, but I go back a and whole I listen. Album. I listen to um, a lot of his stuff's like just very nostalgic for me because mm-hmm. I grew yeah. up listening yeah. to it a lot. It was so like when like, we first discovered music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so hey. I like uh, "Thank Me Later." Yeah, yeah, because that's like you know got a lot of newer and he's got alicia keys he's got jay-z he's got kanye beats he's got a lot of different stuff on there take care is like one of those albums that's like has my favorite drake song i love headlines yeah that's classic he's got a lot of like different sounds on that album but it's just long and it like (laughs) puts you in your bag and it's like do i really want to sit and listen to an hour and a half long album and like yeah i feel like they always start where they end, like or end where they start. If that makes sense, yeah. like it's just like I don't know. I never, I don't get moved by them. I like a I, I don't know. I like the whole like. I really liked, the whole like. Hmm, I mean, I feel like in 2018 when Kanye was doing like those seven track albums mm. and was really like pushing yeah. those, like that can really highlight. And same with, like, Untitled, Unmastered, and, like, I'm trying to think of anything that's, like, less than 10 songs. Like, yeah. albums like that. Like, I really appreciate that stuff sometimes because they're normally, those are the albums where I'm like, all right, instead of just listening to one, this whole album's only 25 minutes long right. or 20 minutes long. I might as well listen to this whole thing because every single song, like, Daytona, like, every single song is so fire. Kids See Ghosts. Yeah. Um, I don't know, a lot of I like albums that are like kind of shorter like that because it's like easier to digest I guess than like sitting there for a whole like hour to hour two hours or whatever and it's just like you can't wait for it to be over and like put someone <laughs> you, like by the end of it you're like I can't wait to put on a new artist like a different one. Yeah, I I mean I I think that like the Good Kid, Mad City not formula but like that way of creating an album is my personal favorite like my favorite. Hip hop albums from like my standpoint like of like that. growing like growing up listening to like shit that's came out while I was alive, that's like the number one like storytelling album yeah. to me. Like I, anytime, yeah. oh, anytime sure. I put on that album, I'm not skipping the skits. No, like I love the skits are the best part. I love College Dropout and Late Registration for the same I reason. Sk- I I sometimes skip those skits. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like I can't be driving listening to like we broke, we broke. Like it gets kind of annoying. The, the late registrations the, get ones get the, to me. The skits are funny and they make sense for the album. But like Kendrick's are very like you know a song ends and once yeah. the song's fading out, it'll like go into a skit and that skit will perfectly blend into yeah. like the song that comes after it and like you might as well just wait through the skit because it like makes yeah. it better and like i don't know kills that no absolutely and like that was I, my first that was like the album that introduced me to him i did not know who kendrick was before good kid mad city either. and i think it was and 2012 think, that came out and so. i don't think i really appreciated it until 
to Pippa Butterfly came out either. I was in probably eighth grade, I think, when that came out. And I remember from the jump, I was like, this is one of the craziest albums <laughs> I've ever heard. Like, I loved yeah. Dr. Dre growing up, so and I still do. Like, So any of anything produced by him is just going to have that, like, West Coast sound. Whether Whatever decade he produced yeah. an album for, it's going to sound like Dr. Dre and, like, but the the but the crazy thing is is like he made if you think about it, from anybody who's an outsider to Compton we think about that and what do you think about you think about Boys in the Hood you think about Menace to Society you think about yeah, these like movies, movies yeah. he made that into an album like he yeah. made that like those movies themselves were based on Straight Outta Compton by NWA and like Easy E records and stuff like that. That's what those movies and Tupac albums. That's what those movies were basically made from, and the stories of the people who live there, right? But then he, like, twenty years later, was like, "Hey, I grew up when that shit was happening, but I was literally a kid. Those guys were all adults. Yeah. This yeah. is now that story, like, twenty years later. Like, it's an insane way to make an album. Yeah, I like a good, like, mo- I like a good movie album. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, the, but the coolest part is like, you can take a song out. And it stands alone too. Yeah. Like every single one of those songs, you can take it out of there, like, and have no context of he's got a backseat bit of, freestyle. Yeah, he's got a little bit of everything. It's a good ass album to have like a little bit of everything on. Mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of did this similar thing with Dam. Yeah, Dam's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, like, you got I some, like Dam a lot. I do too, but I think like Good Kid, Mad City was very like refreshing. Yeah, it wasn't like a lot of shit was coming out. Go back and listen to a lot of rap that came out in 2011, 2012. Yeah. A lot of it's cheese, like <laughs> cheesy central. It's the backpack stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just a lot of like <laughs> the college, the college sound and like college I feel like, kid raps. Yeah, and like a lot of people were just like doing the same shit, and there were certain people that were killing it. But now mm-hmm. you like, you, I don't know. I go back and I listen to it. And I'm like, ooh, you yeah. like that? Like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> that air, that whole like late. 2000s so like 2008 or 2007 to yeah. like 2012 2013 like a lot of stuff from that era so to say like didn't age well to me at least there's not a lot of things i can really think about and be like oh yeah that like i uh, did we talk about we talk about um uh cash money last time you were here and all those all maybe. those guys because that was the same time period and i feel like those didn't really age well either weirdly like not in the way that like, like that was at, Wayne's so we're talking about like solo stuff yeah, does, like the, or the Carter three is obviously stuff. timeless to me but then you yeah. think about like anything that really came out after the Carter three I mean there was the Carter four but I, I, that's the le- the most forgettable one I, I can't I can't tell you the last time I really like sat down and listened to that whole album all the way through and yeah. like genuinely enjoyed it like I did back in 2011 like it just like came yeah. and kind of went there's obviously a lot of songs in there that i will go back and revisit that are timeless but it's again one of those things where it's like <laughs> but there's like there's like a handful of rappers from that time period that are the same level of just like fucking i don't give a shit like there's a bunch of them that i people probably don't even remember but like i don't know i i i, I think back on that time and i i remember it as like uh drake and Nicki minaj and Lil Wayne, and like they were dominating, and then there was other stuff that I wouldn't know existed till later, like Mac Miller or yeah. Kid Cudi. Yeah, that was like other stuff. That was like early, like 
frat rap kind of shit. Yeah. Like that, like college rap stoner. Yeah. Like, what was the other one um, that were really popular and then they dropped off the face of the earth? They're like a duo, white guy and a black guy. Um, they had a really dumb name, I feel like. Chitty Bang. Chitty Bang, yeah. <laughs> Remember, they were, they were like huge for like a minute. Yeah. And that, that was that same backpack, like college kid, frat boy vibe. Yeah. And um, I don't know, like the, I'm trying to think, like early, like Wiz Khalifa shit. Yeah, like yeah. It was, all, it was all just like people like that ended up being great artists and like making really good music when they just did what they like kind of naturally did and not yeah. just like, oh, I'm on the come up, like the internet's on the come up, like let me make a really cool song with a really cool music video and get like someone to rap on it and uh, I don't know, it's just, like all kind of, you look it back was really at it, cheesy. it's like, cheesy as hell. Really cheesy. Even like, some of the greatest of all times, like I said, Lil Wayne, like Eminem from like I like Relapse. Don't get me wrong, but that's a more of a personal thing. I can totally understand when people think that album's trash. Yeah. Recovery, low key kind of trash. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of things that came out in that era. Where I'm like, oh my god, like yeah, and I I don't know, and and like at like looking back, I mean, what other than Kendrick was is timeless from that era i mean i would say i was just i just thought of also j cole's pretty cheesy too yeah early i honestly didn't like a lot of the early cole stuff like again he had a couple songs here and there that were fire but a lot of stuff was just easy to forget even friggin holy grail pretty pretty cheesy album compared to other jc albums right i mean (laughs) or magna carta is that that the name i like is that the full name? I go back to that a couple times. I've tried, I feel like. There's some good tracks on there. I like Picasso, Picasso Baby. That shit's <laughs> yeah. fire. Um, but a timeless album from that era, I would say, again, it's more of a nostalgic thing for me. But if you were in that right era, this album's like hard for you to like deny being a classic is Goblin by Tyler Creator. Because that's like his first album on Spotify or Apple Music at the time, iTunes or whatever. And, like, it definitely has that 2010s kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. But also, like, there's songs in there that are timeless and, like, they're not, like, trying to be pop radio songs. They're not, like – he's not, like, taking the 2010 sound and being, like, oh, I'm going to make – my new hot album. He kind of, that's just like how Tyler the Creator sounded in 2010. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not like I mean, not like oh, that's your classic 2010 music, <laughs> Goblin. Like no, nah, I wouldn't really could, put it like that. Could you say that Tyler and Odd Future were kind of they're kind of a response to that cheesiness, though? You know what I mean? I would like, say so. Yeah, they were like doing the cheesiness, but like a like a fuck you over cheesiness kind of way. They were you know definitely I mean? like anti. I mean, I was just listening on my way over here. I was listening to uh, ASAP's first album. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like I saw an interview with him when he was, like, on his LSD era. Like, yeah. The song LSD and, like, At Last Long ASAP, mm-hmm. his second album. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how on his first album, his, like, record label or his manager or whatever, like, you know, he had a mixtape that did pretty well. He got signed. And they kind of, like, pushed him in the studio with, like, all these people that he really didn't not not want to work with, but just, like, not his style. Like, he did Wild for the Night with Skrillex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I'm pretty sure he said, like, he hated making that song. He hates playing that song. Like, he wishes he never made that song. Like, same thing with fucking Problems. Like, right. it was just, like, one of those things where he, like, all right, like, we got this beat. Right of, like, you know, you're a rapper. Write a verse to this song. Mm-hmm. We got Drake on the chorus for you. We got Kendrick Lamar feature. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all cool. Yeah. But if you don't want to do that and you're going to look back at it, like, I don't know, like, now I listen to his first album and I'm like, fucking Problems is a song I could easily skip. And not have a problem skipping it because I've heard it so many times. times, And then I listen to, like, more of the B-sides on the album. I'm like, damn, this shit is awesome. Like, classic ASAP. It's, like, same thing with... um, I love the One Train Cypher on... uh, Yeah, One Train. Which one is that on? The first album? Yeah, it's on the first album. Like, that was just, like... With, like, uh, Yellow Wolf on it. Yeah, it's got (laughs) Yellow Wolf. It's got Bronson, Joey Badass. It's got... um, It has Kendrick, right? Kendrick. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Crit. Big crit, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the the fourth. Of, dude, that song keeps fucking going too. Yeah, like, it does. <laughs> that is a classic. They should have. I think like that should be something that happens more often. Like good I love ass, a like cipher song. Especially now with like a lot of rappers like probably getting back in the studio with other people yeah. again because of like you know people getting vaccinated. And yeah, everything's starting to open up more again. I feel like they should kind of bring that back more, like a nice fucking cipher dude, song, um, like oldie uh, 10 minutes long or like you know one train like eight or whatever minutes long um, just people going in like one after another on the same beat what's the one on the lebron movie soundtrack? forever forever yeah yeah that's another one where it's eminem like, lil wayne kanye yeah just get like a star studded lineup yeah. i mean i don't care about get the, the song same, you just need yeah, exactly, seven people to rap exactly, like, exactly. It's, it's every wu-tang song ever made <laughs> like exactly just get and you just need the seven right great rappers you need the right beat and once you have yeah. that beat and if it's one of those beats that you can just loop up like i think that'd be that's why one train is so cool because it's the same beat, right? But Bronson and Kendrick's sound so different. And I'm like, well, that's really cool because you get a little, like, kind of, not say boring, but like a plain-ass beat and yeah. let two different people rap on it. It makes it a totally different sound, you True. know? Um, I love Cypher songs. I mean, I, Scenario is one of my favorite songs ever. I don't know if that counts because it's like three members of Tribe and, yeah. then, and then Busta Rhymes. But <laughs> I would say it's more like... For me, those kind of songs, it's more about like like Forever is like borderline because it has like that yeah. chorus in yeah, the, in the yeah. beginning. And I hate the chorus in that song. I wish it was just like a <laughs> yeah. a and like the like yeah. that part, and then just like Last the rapper rapping, and then it would cut out and go back to that, and then like yeah. rapping again. Like you don't need a chorus on when those you songs. yeah you don't need a chorus. It just has to be a fire beat, and I like when like one person's done rapping and it like goes right into the yeah. next person. Like that's classic. Well, scen- shit. scenario they just. Is there a chorus in that song? Don't they just repeat scenario? Mm-hmm. They each one will take that. So I, I like that as like a kind of a chorus where each rapper will repeat yeah. the same thing. Um, yeah. What other what other good ones are there? There's not that many. I feel like it's mm. and I don't. I wonder how that happens. I wonder if like so like how how do you end up with four people on a song? You know, there's um. The uh, No More Parties in L.A., mm-hmm. that's obviously Kanye and Kendrick. Right. That's on a Mad Lib beat. Okay. And apparently, during that era, Mad Lib sent like 50 beats or something like that to Kendrick and Kanye. And they recorded like 40-something songs together. Okay. He also... Was Mad Lib was working with Freddie Gibbs at the time, 
And he was probably just shipping out beat packs to like the rappers he was working with, you know. And Freddie Gibbs also got his hands on the No More Parties in L.A. beat. And I want to say it was either before or around the same time that like Kanye made No More Parties in L.A. Same exact beat from the same producer, but just two completely different songs. And you can like find fan-made versions where like people kind of blend them together. Uh-huh. There's no chorus on that song, really. Like, there's a couple times where they say no more parties in L.A., but right. it really is just Kendrick rapping his heart out and Kanye rant rapping for, like, two and a half minutes. And if you listen to the Freddie Gibbs version, it's called, like, Cocaine Parties in L.A. It is just Freddie Gibbs going off for, like, three minutes straight. It's yeah. fire, and it's all the same beat. Dude, that's so interesting. I, I, maybe it's because I don't – and I like, I like where I'm at with – knowing about music too because i don't know shit about music theory or how to make music and i like that Mm -hmm. because i like to be able to like just be like oh i like this because i like it but i would have never been able to tell you whether there was a chorus or not in that song i've listened to that song thousands of times like i i just that's amazing to me that i could even not notice that but maybe it's also because i listened to a lot of 90s hip-hop that didn't have choruses yeah Um, and if it did have it just had a refrain maybe like Represent, represent. Yeah. And then I mean, a song or whatever. A refrain can kind of be like in terms like a chorus. I feel like a lot of songs, like when I think of like a song with no chorus, like Ten Crack Commandments. Yeah. Perfect example. It's a two and a half minute long song, a three minute long song, and he doesn't say the same thing twice. Yeah. Like he'll say what number he's talking about from the yeah. commandments, but besides that, there's no like repeated part in mm-hmm. that song. He's kind of just going on and on and on. And I, yeah, I like that. I mean, I find Doom does that very, very often. Where mm-hmm. he'll find a song. He has multiple songs. He has multiple songs where he does that, and mid verse or however mid song, the beat will switch, and the way that he raps, like it just works. Or like yeah. the beat never does the same thing twice. Like it's almost like a jazz, like improvised, like kind of. If you listen to like, um, Great Day. Like, I just did yeah, a yeah, remix yeah. of it. Uh-huh. And if you listen to that, it sounds like the beat never really repeats itself that much. It's just kind of like this evolving, like, chord progression with yeah. Doom just also kind of evolving with the verse. And it, like, goes really well together. It, like, keeps you yeah. on the edge of your seat, kind of, rather than just, like, the same fucking problems, uh, right. chorus repeating. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just thinking about... um songs that do have courses that I like from back then and Hail Mary came to mind with Tupac's I don't know if that's a chorus I feel like it is mm-hmm. but um something about that like I feel like Tupac did that really well where he had he would have these choruses where it's almost like Tupac's yelling at you for like a minute and a half and then he yells the major theme of the whole thing again at you and then he picks up again with a new with a new verse, and it's like, oh, then we're back in. I like, you know what I mean? I like classic, like, 90s hip-hop where it's, like, someone rapping, and then, like, there's that nice, like, female singer yeah. to, like, yeah. you know, like, ease up the track. Like, yeah. it'll be, like, ghost face killer, like, killing a verse for, like, or, like, Raekwon. And then it'll be, like, a nice, like, you know, <laughs> oh, intermission dude, uh, of, like, someone singing for a while. All that I got is you? Yeah. like top exactly, five song ever. <laughs> exactly. Like, anything like that where it's just, like, broken up by, like, a switch up. Or you know what's very underrated song? Tears. 
Yeah. Tears is exactly. really good for the same That's an same example reason. of like a chorus being a sample. Mm-hmm. Like the chorus of the song is like the chorus from the sample that you took and you kind of just yeah. loop it in there and use it for your own. I always think that's cool. Or um, also simple. That does a, yeah, sa- a similar thing. Which is that, that we, we talked about that, right? That insane lineage of sampling that I, comes from. I read that Wu-Tang book that RZA wrote, uh, the Wu-Tang Manual, and he talks about how he made that song and like... I'm not too good with like old school equipment and like analog, but I'm pretty sure he like made the whole beat and then pretty much had the beat like on a fucking sampler uh-huh. and just kept looping it. And it's the same loop throughout the whole song. And it's only like a 16 bar loop, but like the way that they did it, it's yeah. just like, like, if you listen to that same loop over and over again, I don't know about you, but personally, I don't get sick of it. Like, it's like low-key <laughs> the best 16 bars of a loop that I've ever heard. Yeah. It's literally just drums, bass, that little, like, singing part, and, like, just, like, some keys, I think, or something like that. Yeah. It just, like, set, like loops very, very well. You, you know how I know they loop that shit for so long? Because it starts with, uh, I think it's Method Man or Raekwon, and they're, like, they're singing the, the <laughs> can it be all so simple. So I know that they were definitely in the studio hearing that like a billion times, and we're like, let's just have you sing part of it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Mix it up like, a little bit. Um, there's like, um, I've been listening to like the Food Villain album a lot mm-hmm. ever since that came out. And like the way he kind of gets like certain samples and we'll loop them, it'll either be like, literally it'll just be like a conversation from the show, and the way that he gets it on the song just mm-hmm. makes it feel like you're not only listening to his album, but now you're listening to his album and watching the show at the yeah. same time, but it's like a remixed version of the show. Like, yeah. he'll have like dialogue of like talking over a beat, but it'll all be on beat and it's like funny, but like, I don't know, it's also kind of like trippy, some of the things they mm-hmm. say, and like just all blends really, 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 really well. They should like make a season of the show that he like is in charge of editing or something. And so like, I think that's do that, the most, know? I want to say he just got like the rights to it or something. Like Bronson, okay. like the most two recent episodes he's came out with for the show are only on his YouTube channel. Oh, sick. So I think That's he kind of just did that same thing where he's like, I don't know, it might be it might be like a lower budget, so say, since it's not like right. Vice Land. And I think he said like he's funding it all himself. I'm sure, he's got hella bread, but yeah. like that kind of thing where it's like edited the way he wants it to be edited yeah. and like all that shit. Because I feel like after a while they can kind of do things certain ways and like cut out a lot of shit that if as a yeah. person recording that you wish they didn't. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, or just the focus changes. Like, yeah, I, I Vice is still pretty good with the food shows at letting them do. I feel like pretty I never watch want. Vice anymore. I don't besides, either. Besides that show, and like, I don't know. They like. Maybe I'm wrong, but they got like very, um, like, murder documentary based, maybe, <laughs> really? and like I feel like I don't know. I feel like they always have like political shit or like murder documentary or like some sort of like drug dealing documentary yeah, like i don't I, I don't mind that stuff but they used to just have like i don't know it was just like another like adult swim kind of thing they had a yeah. lot of like just silly so stuff. say like silly stoner things yeah. like 
Action Bronson. They had this show where it was like they would sit down celebrities and interview the celebrities and the celebrities would tell a story from like them partying, whether it was like currently or them yeah. back in the day as kids. And as the celebrities telling the story, they would animate yeah. a like story to go along with it. And they had like Earl Sweatshirt on there. Like he talks about how he went to a party and like got like gotten some fight and like they interview it. I mean, they like uh, animate it and all that. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. I think I seen I I seen that I'm on YouTube. I think I saw like a Pauly Shore, Shore one. Yeah, where like yeah, his, yeah. He his did mom it. just died. I think or Dennis something. Rodman was dad. on it. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There was like a bunch of them, and like um, it was like a lot of them would just be like it would be like a B or like a C list celebrity, and they would talk about like one time I did acid, and they would tell yeah. a story about them doing acid, which is funny because like celebrities I feel like don't always tell stories like that, and they yeah, would just, yeah, yeah. they would animate like they had like. They did an Eric Andre one, and he's crazy. And he yeah. told a story about how he, like, did ecstasy or something like that. And it was hilarious the way they, like, animated everything going along with, like, him, like, telling the story. It was so, so funny. Yeah, I I, I don't watch TV at all. But, but like, I feel like I, feel like I, I, don't, see I you, don't catch Vice I on, could on see YouTube you being, anymore. You're not, like, an ESPN guy? No. No? I'll watch... Um, I'll watch the Sixers if they're on. I'll watch the Eagles if they're on. That's it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I love sports, but sports take forever. Like, music I can listen to while I work. You know, YouTube videos Dude, like are, are 20 minutes a, long. Sitting down watching a whole Phillies game, bro. Dude, you got you to gotta have be a lot of several, beers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say several beers deep yeah. already going I mean, into it. If you're not doing any – like, if you have nothing to do that day and you're like, I'm going to go watch the Phillies with – my buddy like yeah that could be a nice day but like i don't want to sit down and watch the same dude get struck out fucking fucking seven innings for one dude to hit a fly ball that gets dropped or something like or a home run care. when i got out to take a piss <laughs> yeah or you know right, worse. I mean? um definitely love going to philly's games though they're, they're the best yeah the stadium is so so nice and yeah. like make a whole day the atmosphere of it's cool but i just also remember like anytime i'd go there like be antsy as fuck by the time it's the seventh inning. I like my uh, my first apartment was like close to Broad Street, and I could like watch the first couple innings mm-hmm. at my apartment. Yeah, and be like, all right, game's picking up. <laughs> we should really head over there now. And then we'd hop on the subway and be there in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, and then we'd like walk in and be like, sit down in our seats, and we're like, wow, we were really just on the couch like <laughs> watching this at home. Now we're here, like it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean the Broad Street line for fucking going to Eagles games too is the move, especially so especially if you're leaving a game that they just won. That's I used to just that's like ideal. <laughs> I used to I've only been to one game, but I've been yeah. to like twelve tailgates. There, <laughs> yeah. like I go, you know, they got a game at one o'clock. I show up to the tailgate at like ten thirty, <laughs> pound some brews, and then like hop on the subway, forty five minutes to a half an hour before kickoff. And you'll be surprised how many people also are doing that same <laughs> shit. Like, how many people just come to that parking lot to yeah. just drink yeah. surrounding the stadium. And it's like, all right, let's all go home and watch the game and, like, <laughs> eat some pizza and take a nap. It's classic. Uh, that's so funny. People, I missed that this pe- year. People have been doing that for decades. <laughs> yeah, driving, right? driving down to a parking lot in South Philly outside of a big arena. Dude, it's a vibe. Just to drink. It's a vibe. It really is. That's like, there's great. nothing like a nice, like, Subway pocket beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Or yeah, or just just being in a train full of drunk people is just yeah, that's... it's just much better than riding a train to school. Yeah. Sober at seven in the morning. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that was always fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm. I don't know. Maybe we need to get like tickets for the Phillies this this summer or something. We need to do something. I want to like. There. I would love to go to like a playoff Sixers game, dude. But absolutely. I know that's probably gonna be bread. But I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't I, mind doing that shit. That'd be fun, and I feel like it'd be worth it because that'd be one of those things where like, I'm gonna want to sit there and genuinely watch every yeah. single second of that game. Yeah. It's gonna be so hype in the stadium. Like my my dad would. Because all the tickets are expensive, but, like, Eagles tickets are really fucking expensive and really hard to get. And the way football works, really anywhere in the stadium is kind of the same seat. Like, you can be right on the on the goal or on the uh, 50-yard line, and, like, it's nice to be there. But you're still pretty far away from the action. Yeah, once they're up, once they're up down by the end zone, yeah. you're 50 yards away yeah, from them. It's, it's better to just watch the fucking big screen and see the right angle. Exactly. You know? But basketball, like, you could be... 10 rows back not pay that much and get a fucking amazing amazing seats yeah so he would just buy us he would just buy like take me go like one game and it would be like against the fucking pelicans or the wizards or something that's but we we sit like second row yeah because like fire. they weren't that i want to say last time i was at a game i went with like a bunch of drunk buddies of mine and uh they got kicked out for just like cursing the whole time because there was like little kids in our row and parents complained and like someone spilled a beer or something it was just like but i i don't know if the last playoff game i feel like i've been to a an Embiid playoff game but i remember we had tickets um it was lebron's first year in miami and we got to see the sixers play them in the first round i think i want to say miami was actually a two seed and the sixers were a seven seed but i might be wrong but um, uh, Lou Williams was on the team, and he won the game with a buzzer beater, and we won the first game. Actually, I guess it was game three then, right? Yeah, probably game three. I think we were down 0-2 already. And they lost every other game in the series, but we Didn't got to see him win on a game winner. My memory of NBA stuff that happened is very rusty, but didn't the Sixers – Weren't we playing the Bulls yeah, in the playoffs Derek when Derrick Rose, Rose got, got hurt? hurt? That was great. What was that, 2010? Yeah, it was. I think it was 2010 or 11 because 2012 is when we played the um, the Celtics. It was like the last time Iguodala was on the team. Doug Collins was still the coach. Mm-hmm. And um, the year before, that year or the year before that was, yeah. They were real yeah. good for like, Sixers was real good for like three straight years. I was big in like the. Uh, With not a great team. Yeah, I was big in the Iguodala air. I loved Andre Iguodala. I thought yeah. he was – when I saw him go to the Warriors and then oh, win dude. that championship for the Warriors, I was so pissed. It's still dude. the most the most angry I've ever been in any, anything ever is the 2007, I want to say, NBA uh, dunk contest where Andre Iguodala was in it against Nate Robinson. And mm-hmm. he lost. AI throws it off the backboard, but on the – backside of the backboard Andre Godala catches it goes underneath the whole backboard and then dunks so it's like the craziest dunk I ever. Just, he did it first try I just or found, second try I think it was first or second I just found all these old uh like sports cards cleaning out my mom's attic at her place they're all mine from growing up and one of them is a hologram like Andre Iguodala one and yeah. the picture 
is from that dunk. From that? Wearing, like, the blue and the jersey? Dunk. He's wearing the blue jersey. There's no one on the court behind him besides, like, I think you can in the corner you can maybe see, like, the judges or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, like, him dunking the ball, and it's, like, really, really cool. I also found, like, a bunch of other ones. If you know anyone that's, like, into that, I need to find, like, I mean, someone to, like – Give me quotes on what stuff's worth. I could I'd I probably get my dad to appraise some of it. He doesn't. He's not big into cards, yeah. but his his vintage friends are and stuff. Yeah, if, dude. If you know anyone like that, because I found like rookie year Shaq, rookie year Allen Iverson. I think I found bit. a rookie year LeBron, like rookie Kobe, like yeah. all these cards. That I'm like they could be. They a couple got, hundred they're not dollars. in like the perfect condition case, but you know if I got a yeah. couple of them, they're hundred bucks, hundred bucks, hundred bucks, or even more. Yeah, I'm totally. I mean, down. even if you if you find out there were something, you could case them and just. Ex- that's also what I'm thinking. Out. Like, all right, or at least like find out that they're like what they are, case them, and then hold on to them for another. I mean, yeah. I literally forgot about them for ten years. Yeah. I got them all ten years ago, so like that wasn't too hard. I could do another ten years of forgetting about them and just yeah put them in my basement and just. I don't know, dude. I I uh, baseball ca- or ba- cards in general have been really popular like the last yeah. year and a half. There's like um. Because now in a lot of stores that sell, like, you know, hypebeast, vintage stuff, they'll have a whole case of cards now. That's and Dude, I have... People sell in packs, too. I have plastic tubs... Which is crazy. ...filled with binders. I was the most organized little <laughs> shit, dude. I have every binder from, like, the Charlotte Bobcats yeah. to, like... The Washington or the uh, yeah the Washington Wizards. I had it in alphabetical order, <laughs> so I could easily flip to like what team I want. I was like, holy shit! I look, you set myself up. Like, it's kind of fire. Like, was... I'm not kidding. Like three full, like three ring binders. Yeah, just filled with just NBA ones, and then I got another two that are NHL and another two that are NA. Like, I must have like ten binders worth of cards, and I'm like, holy fuck. I could just sell them in bulk to someone. I'm sure someone will take them off my hands in bulk-wise, but I don't yeah. want someone to get that shit from me and then, like, end up, like, finding that card in there that could have been fucking 10 grand or whatever and just flipping it. I was never – I was never – I mean, I had sports cards and I had my dad's old sports cards, but, like, none of them were ever worth anything, so I didn't really – I was. I had more Pokemon cards than anything probably. Yeah, I got friends that like that. The Pokemon, the Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I, I, wish, I wish I had cool Pokemon. I found, I found um, a lot of cool stuff like cleaning up out there. Like I found, so one of the things that inspired me to make um, the intro for Nag Champa Volume Two, Practice Makes Perfect. I made this beat, and I sampled a song that someone actually like. I'm in a Zoom meeting this like this one day, the day I made the song, which was literally last week. And uh, I'm in this, like, jazz history class, and this kid's, like, doing a presentation. He's presenting this artist. I, I'm a horrible producer. I don't remember the guy's <laughs> name. But he plays the song, and I wasn't paying attention in class. I was, like, zoning out. I had, like, my Zoom call on, like, my speakers. So I was just on the other side of the room. All of a sudden, I hear these chords, like, in this song. I, like, ran over, turned it up, and then, like, got my um, – my like Siri thing on because I didn't yeah. even get to hear what the kid said what the song was. I was like, "What song is this, Siri?" And she told me what it was. I saved it, sampled it, made a beat out of it, and I was like, "All right, this is intro quality." Like, and now I need someone talking, and I just unboxed like from the attic like four like original two thousand one 
Allen Iverson bobbleheads. Oh, nice. And they're all the different colored jerseys. He's That's got dope. the black one, the white one, and I got two of them wearing the blue one. So I'm just, like, looking at that bobblehead, and there's, like, this Action Bronson song from his earlier mixtapes called Practice where he, like, uses the same sample. And I was like, that would totally be cool to, like, loop up and see if I could, like, sync it up with the beat. And that's how I ended up doing it. So it was, like, inspired yeah. by the unboxing from my attic and stuff <laughs> like that. I also found, like, found, like, bobbleheads, cards, and I found, like, old jerseys and, like, hats and, like, snapbacks that, like, do not want to get rid of like are actually yeah. fire they used to be huge on me as like an elementary and middle school kid and now they're like perfect size yeah which is fire like got a stitched jordan jersey found, like a bobby clark flyers jersey like all like mitchell and s like just sitting in the attic for years they're all like yeah. men's larges i'm like holy shit what a fine we um i found a couple of those bob those sixers iverson bobbleheads at um i think one of them i found at impact thrift um, my dad found another one too, I think, but we used to have, um, so that they were all given out like as the promotional mm-hmm. for like, you know, maybe the first time they wore the blue jerseys or, you know, s- special home game or whatever. I thought they were going to be worth something. They're like $5. No, you can get, you can buy them all. <laughs> like five, I was like, Oh, these gotta be worth something. I go but, on the internet, like $5, $2. I'm like, shit. I remember we always had this thing. My dad had this since I was probably four. I don't know when he got it, but actually I do know when he got it, but it's a Allen Iverson rubber ducky. It's a rubber duck that looks like Allen Iverson. It's got cornrows Dude, I got a ru- and a blue jersey. I got a, uh, I got someone's rubber ducky from look, the, look that up, the Wachovia Sean. Center. Used to do that. Yeah, shit. I want to say he got. I want to say he got it. I don't know. He might have got it from any game, but I, I want to say he got it from the All Star game. Um, celebrity ducks. That's what they were called. So we had this forever. <laughs> no. It's got it's got his tats on his arm. It's crazy. I, I we have to still have it. I want to say we had a blue jersey one. I see there's a red one or black no. one there too. I got like. Do you have any of these ducks? <laughs> but I always thought it was the coolest little thing, and I, and obviously they made like everybody out of these little rubber duck figures. But it's also big too. Like you know those. Painted rubber ducks are like that big. This one's like nice, pretty big. Nice paper. You see uh, it in that guy's hand. See it I in got AI's, like a, AI's um, hand too. I found like a in the box still, which I'm sure has some meaning towards it. But honestly, I I, I would love to just take it out of the That's box and put show. it on display. I found like a Charlie Manuel World Series bobblehead. No oh, shit. That's and cool. it's like still in the box and it has like the World Series stuff all over it and like. I don't know. That's classic to me. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not a big baseball fan, but like Charlie Manuel's like, yeah, a goat. We have the um, the uh, Inquirer page on when they won this the World Series. Had yeah, yeah. I got basement. one of those in a frame. Yeah. Uh, I want actually this one might be at in our bar downstairs. He's got a mustache. They can put a mustache over top of his <laughs> bill. There. That's weird. They got to bring those blue jerseys back. Yeah, I I um we talked I talked about it on the podcast before how I felt about the uh the new black ones. I actually after the boathouse row ones. Yeah, right? a- after I talked about that on the podcast, I saw them wear them, and I noticed that there's an effect where whenever they release a jersey, whenever you see it on player in a game, it always tends to look better than 
it did the first time you saw it. Yeah. So like my my cons- especially my, if they're winning the game. Yeah, especially if they're winning. <laughs> my my problem with it was like the number placement was like strange. It was above the Philadelphia, and then the Philadelphia was below Boathouse yeah, Row. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's like a weird take, and I'm not it's against very old school like seven. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it, it would be like that, but then no number. It mm-hmm. would just be like the bottom of the jersey. Um, I'm not a. I'm still not. I still don't love it. And I feel like I feel like I don't love it because I feel like it was a, um, it was like a watered down version of what they probably wanted to do. I think somebody was probably like, "All right, everybody wants us to bring the black jerseys back, so we're gonna bring the black jerseys back." And then somebody else was like, "Oh no, no, no we're gonna do a boathouse row jersey," and then they so mashed f- those two things together. I feel like what happened was they spent so long with those, not so long, but they had like Sixers were always like primarily white. Blue and red. Yeah. Red, white, and blue. And then, like, early 2000s, they released those jerseys, or late 90s, whatever. Yeah. And 2000, I believe. they rocked them for a couple years until about the time, I would say, they got rid of the Spectrum. Yeah. They kind of had, like, a retro jersey season yeah. for the Spectrum getting, like, torn down and I feel like ever since then they've kind of just They're, gone back in time. Like they then they brought back like the seventies inspired ones. And yeah. like personally, if they're gonna stick with what they're doing retro wise, they gotta bring back like the the eighty three red jerseys. Yeah. Those the, are my favorite. They're the, so simple. The stars just, is no, just sick. the red with the oh, white text and it just says Sixers on it. Like I, I love that. They Anytime had like I'm a transition 2K, where they were like Oh six or seven, and then they went to those like really shitty royal jerseys. You know what I mean? And then back in like then like 2012, they brought back like the classic six yeah, like with, like, ones with the with the stars and the stripes and stuff like classic Sixers. I like um, I like their like 2015 jerseys maybe the best as like the most iconic Sixers. Go go Sean, go on. Um, there's I found an amazing website. There's a website that has every NBA. Look up NBA reference uh, Tumblr. It's a Tumblr page. A- NBA. But you spelled reference wrong, too, Sean. You're, you're killing it. <laughs> go, go to all. Um, scroll down. Uh, scroll up. Go to. Go to. Oh, go scroll down. Scroll NBA down. I saw Jersey it. Database. NBA, yeah, jerseydatabase.tumblr.com. Um, it's got every jersey from every team. Um, Click on that and then go to teams and go to Sixers. Uh, bottom right. Um, like, scroll down. I would say that those ones right there, 2012, 2014, is like my pick for like the most classic Sixers because they have the they had the Wilt Chamberlain fill on there. They got the stars, stripes. There's no crazy shit going on. That, that to me is like if they were going to keep coming back to one jersey in between doing crazy shit, it should be that one. Do you mind um, scrolling down a little more? I love the Rocky one that they did. Keep going. I, this era sucks. That's the in-between era where they did just like plain oh, colors and stuff. jersey? Yeah, plain colors with Sixers Reminds and stuff. Like Willie Green and like <laughs> Samuel Downbert. Yeah, that 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 whole 2000s era is pretty good. That one right there, Sean, with the stripes on the on the sleeve is really cool. They wore them in control up. That one, uh, third one in. Other way, 
Um, that one, you could click on that. I believe that one they wore in like yeah, so Europe Europe live, Europe live tour. So they they wore it in a couple games that they played in Europe, but there's a bunch of teams that have that, and it's all got that like stripe on the um. If on you the can sleeve. scroll down, back to like I gotta say it's like eighty three or whatever. Eighty-two, eighty-three. Those ones are nice. Love the stars and stars on me and yeah, Eth- me and Ethan are gonna do something 90s. with that. Um, oh wait, I think we might have passed. Yeah, right there where it says like nineteen seventy-eight to nineteen uh, eighty-six. Right above that one you have highlighted. Yeah, I love the ones on the right. Yeah, Those they're are classic. They're like the early Barkley ones, yeah, like the Moses classic. Moses Malone. Sixers. I don't know, it's just like. It's so simple, but it's just like, I don't know. That's a, what makes the logo on the bottom left of their shorts, like, pop. Yeah, go go back. Um, Yeah, top five for me, if you scroll scroll all the way down. The 76ers ones are fire, too. Go up a little bit. This. Go up a little bit. I like... 1970 and 71. I like the 65 ones, because they retroed them with AI's jersey. Yeah. And they were pretty cool. I like, I like this whole series of the... What I call the Will Chamberlain Phila ones, yeah, because um, I believe, I believe those are all Warriors jerseys, but I might be wrong. No, they're not. They're the Sixers by then. But that was taking from the Warriors jerseys. So the Philadelphia Warriors had that Phila across it, and then the Sixers would use that later. So scroll up, Sean. Um, don't I don't fuck with the Seventy Sixers Seventy jerseys. They they retroed them recently, and I don't think it looked good. Back then, I don't think it looks good now. This one that says 70? Yeah. I just don't... I don't know. It's, I don't, it's funky, I but I like... I didn't like him at first, but like now when you look at those compared to like all of the jerseys that they really went through, like... It's the most wild. They're, they're pretty cool. It's pretty I mean, cool it's looking. not as wild as... Dude, the, the, 90, 90, the, the 91s are fire. The 91 are, I would the say... Jerry Stackhouse era or whatever. I'd say they're top five jerseys all time basketball jerseys wise i think Those they're wild crazy people think that they're hideous and they are pretty insane well a lot of but, a lot of jerseys from the 90s were horrible like the yeah nu- the nuggets the nuggets then the my top five would be raptors that sixers the nets one that they just retroed where it's similar gradients to that um the nuggets and fifth one would probably be the jazz maybe um, and all of those are pretty much from the 90s, 80s or 90s. Go I don't to, like how much it would suck to be like a Boston Celtics fan where you're like, look at the evolution of these yeah. Celtics jerseys, and go, they're all just like the, the same the green same one they, over and over again. Top, Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Sixers fan. No, it's no, like, they're way, isn't way Isn't it just less. the same Celtics thing yeah. over and over it's, and over again for like so many years? It's like, Boston or Celtics in a different thing. But before, like their jerseys from like, you know, yeah. The early go back. It's not going to change from here on out. Yeah, from like two thousand, from like nineteen ninety eight yeah. to like it's the same thing. Literally the same different fucking stripes, ones. They were a little different texting of the number. It's it's the same thing though. It's stupid. Um, yeah, I think the Sixers are are in the they're in the top half for sure. I'd say they're probably in the top five of teams with different jerseys. They got th- really easy colors to work with. I mean, red, white, and blue are yeah. just like. Yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason, that works. The Celtics, I think Celtics purist fans would be like, "Oh, it's a, it looks so good. So why do you got to change it?" Like 
fucking that's not fun. Who cares? Like it's not it's not fun at all. The the Raptors have crazy cool jerseys for being for existing for like twenty five years or whatever they've been around. I liked in two thousand eight like the Kevin Garnett ones where they had the black trim. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a like really really classic like look. Ooh, they, speaking of Kevin Garnett, I love the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. Oh yeah, with the like the steel blue and like pine green. So. You got to check out the store on... I hate Kevin Garnett, by the way. You do? He's the, I fucking hate him. I hate him because of the two 2012 playoffs when he held oh, on yeah. to... Uh, I forget who our center was at the time. Elton Brand. Elton Brand or Spencer Halls or someone. But he, he had a horrible pick on them. And yeah, he Rondo, was... One, Rondo took the ball and ran out the game. He was He was one of the... Um, I saw like some video about like him like being like one of the like best trash talkers of yeah. all time. And he was just like... I don't know. He was like a fucking savage about shit. Like he would literally go out to like games and like just want to like intimidate the fuck out of you. He's like, you know, I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to foul out, (laughs) but I'm going to make sure that I have this guy foul out with me. And like, that's going to be my role. I'm going to get, I'm going to get 15 rebounds, three assists, Couple points. I'm gonna have five fouls and make sure that this dude fouls me five. five. And maybe we might get double techs. Who knows? That was like when the East wasn't scoring over a hundred points every game. Like there are a lot of games that ended like eighty to like seventy five. <laughs> dude, it's crazy now. Those games that go like that's the score going in the halftime. <laughs> now the West. Now every Warriors game in the last five years has been. Plus I, have, that's, uh, I have a hard time like watching. A lot of uh, I love the Sixers, but I have a hard time like when we're winning in the beginning of the game. I can't fucking be that happy. Like I literally <laughs> can't be happy because I've seen the Sixers over a hundred times in the past five years. Yeah, be up twenty points in the first quarter, first half, and after halftime, like. I don't know what the hell happens, yeah. but they just completely like sometimes the other team just lights up and that's what it is. But like it is crazy, like it's a possession thing for sure. Like I'll, it's um, that's like the only way I can enjoy basketball is if it's just possession by possession. Like because again, it's really infuriating to watch the Sixers be down like eight points for three full quarters it's so annoying like you didn't go on a single run you couldn't stop them for a couple minutes like eight points is not a big deficit to overcome and you guys couldn't even get close until like the last two minutes maybe um there was like a phillies game the other week that was like a double header and i was thinking about how crazy like double headers are (laughs) like you're gonna this game last night so say got rained out all right News news flash, you guys are gonna be here at ten AM yeah. on the field. You're gonna start a game at noon. Yeah. You're gonna play for four hours. You're gonna have a little break. And then you're gonna come right back out like a half yeah. an hour later. All the same players. And yeah, they just like it's not that much running, but at the same time, like Baseballs. you're not sitting that much. I don't know. I guess they're in the dugout sitting and chilling, but at the same time it's that's a long amount of time to just like Baseball's not really made for the 21st century like it's not really a, it's not really a sport that we're meant to be interested in anymore like that that was baseball was made so that like factory workers on their day off 
before the other day when they would just go to church had something to do. Like, so they weren't just like drunk in the streets. <laughs> like, yeah, they would just go hit a ball with a stick, and then like it quickly became like I don't know. Imagine how much everybody's more, thing. Imagine how much more exciting it would be if it was shorter. I know. No, even just I mean, two it, innings shorter. Like oh, two seven. Innings, cut a couple games off it too. Like <laughs> yeah. Like not don't only, do the double headers. Not only are they four hours long, but there's like a hundred sixty games a season or some well, shit, and, right? And you watch the same team play the same team three days in a row. It's like oh, I missed the Mets game. Or it's not like we don't play them twenty five <laughs> times a year, and like twenty exactly. of those times are at Citizens Bank Park at four p.m. on a Sunday or it's whatever. Exactly, like, and like it doesn't even make sense really to have a arena that big except for in playoff games. You know what I mean? Like that arena, Citizens Bank Park is never filled except for like the first game of the year. Yeah, true. That's crazy. And the playoffs, like, like most of the time, the upper deck is closed because they just aren't going to sell tickets up there. And then they just That's where I run up and grab tickets up. 10 minutes before the yeah, game. Yeah. You guys got tickets? And then you just sit in the lower yeah, lower right. cuz there's no one there. <laughs> but I don't know. And like but then you look at the link and the link is filled every single game, every single Eagles game. If it's a preseason game, Football it's Football is just so like extreme, but then you kind of hate it for that reason too sometimes yeah. because you're on a good ass run, but everyone could be on a good ass run. And then, lose and then you game. lose one game to a team that's not in your conference yeah. and that could shit on your whole season for some fucking reason. I was watching this video and um, they they were basically like, uh, every game has an aspect of luck to it. So can we map out between the, the most luck and the most skill-based thing, can we map out the four major sports? And it went, basketball was the most skill-based. So like, if you play the playoffs... I would have the best team is almost guaranteed to win every series because you play a seven game series and basketball True. is all one on one. I mean it's it's a team game, but it's one on one the whole time. True, I guess ba- it is very true with that because basketball is a lot like you know if your center is very skilled, you got Joel Embiid and dominating. Yeah, you can give he dominates. Give him the he ball. Always dominates, right? Like football, you could have a really really good QB, but one of the guys on your O line hurts his ankle that game because yep. someone rolled on it or some and bolt. That's the and worst. They've got a great D end or and whatever. Then all of a sudden, you can't get a fucking throw you can't do off. Anything. You're fucked. So, can you guess what the most luck of the major four baseball, football, basketball, and hockey? Can you guess which one is most luck based? And I have a kind of an explanation, not like. Dude, it's got to be either. It's got to be football or hockey. I would say football because of what we just said about injury. Football is probably the most likely to get injured, but it's like unlucky when you get injured, but it's just random. And then hockey, you ever see the deflections in hockey when they just stand in front of the net and someone shoots a puck like 100 miles per hour and they just stand there and somehow like – hit it in this Somehow. like there's there's no way they see themselves doing that like it's got to be one dude holding a stick and then the other dude aiming for that stick and he just somehow like hits the edge of it and they do that like a hundred times a game and, and it'll it, go in one final time because the, right? the goalie was looking the wrong way like that's luck if you ask me but what is it it's hockey <laughs> all right so it's hockey because of penalties oh shit because in hockey 
everything is based on power plays. Because yeah. you, you're trying to get a power play where you have five players and they have four because you do that same thing you were just saying where we all stand and we whack yeah, the yeah, yeah. puck at the net. And if you have four players, the chances of that going in because you have less people to defend, obviously it's better to be on the power play. So because of how it's officiated and, like, you know, this dude could get four minutes for this penalty or a ref could catch a guy doing something and he gets penalized and then miss another dude doing the same I'm, thing. I'm not a big soccer person, but I feel like the whole – See if you can look up this video. Sean. The whole like goal, the whole goalie thing in hockey is different. <laughs> is crazy to think about. Like that's someone's whole job in the sports. Like in that sport that they're playing, hockey. I mean, there's goalies. Yeah, there's goalies in soccer too. But you are the person that the ball cannot go behind. And if the ball goes behind you, think about your the, team is your whole team's fucked. Think so about if this. you're having a good game. You're unstoppable. You guys aren't going to lose. You're on point. You're catching all the pucks, whatever. <laughs> if you're having a shit game or whatever, like you're getting bodied, you're going to be the first one taken out of the game. You might be the first one let go from the team. You know what I mean? There's like no, there's Think no like love. How, how much harder it is to guard a, a soccer net though than a, than a. Yeah, that blows my mind. Goal, I, don't, like, I don't understand. The goalie's they, this big in, in hockey and the net's about that big. In soccer, the, the goalie's this big, and the soccer net's, like, this big. Yeah, like, and they have to, like... You can cover, like, 1% of it. It's not, like... But you're just so far away, and it's Yeah, so... they, I was going to say, they shoot from far away, but, like, they normally do shit, and it's, like, I don't know, maybe it's the angle from watching that shit on TV, yeah. and I don't play it a lot, but, like, I feel like the ball can, like, also get deflected, like yeah. hockey, where someone will kick it from one side of the field, and someone will deflect it with their fucking head, yeah. and it'll just go in, like, some unpredicted... Unpro- direction yeah let's watch let's watch a minute of this. i feel like the first like minute will i feel like that's about as much as i grasped watching this video is probably like the first minute if you were to put sports and games on a continuum where the outcomes reflect pure skill on the, right the basketball side thing makes sense to me though on the left side definitely think about how many times lebron's made it to go. the somewhere in the middle right but in what order there's actually a way to estimate that using statistics and this is where they end up what you find is the NBA is the sport that's farthest away from random. And then you go down the line, hockey is actually the sport that's closest to randomness. Michael Mobison did these calculations for his book, The Success Equation. And his findings remind us what we love so much about these sports. To me, I would think, like, oh, Damian Lillard hitting a shot? That's half court. Like, you know, <laughs> that's got to be luck. No. He does that shit all but the he time. But he skill. can make it 100% exactly. of the time. Exactly. That's crazy. For each league. And he found that skill explains less than half of the season standings for the NHL. But that's not to say hockey players are any less skilled. All these players, all these athletes are amazing. Amazing. And almost inconceivable how good they are. The continuum doesn't tell us how skilled the players gym. are. It's more like how Man, well their them, sport measures the playoffs, their skill. So he was so entertaining. Sample size or the number of games in a season. Major I liked him because he hated Crosby. Yeah, right? He was like... Compare that to the NFL, where teams play only 16 know, games. That third guy. The small sample size pushes football toward the luck side of the continuum, since it's harder for that skills to emerge from the too. noise like, so like, holy shit. But the number of games doesn't explain everything. <laughs> like you said, what? Like in the NBA, if you only play one game in the playoff, 
so their placement you only got to win one game the dynamics of the so, game itself but you also like only got to lose one game teams yeah. have to score during the game that's another type of sample size basketball they're coming down and they have a shot clock and they have to take lots of shots they're forced to take shots so there's a lot yeah. of samples that go back and forth ice yeah. hockey of like course, basketball much more basketball you, there's a possession there's possession a shot every possession Oft, often more than one. a way to measure possessions in hockey, which gives you a sense of how little Hockey's so dope. Hockey's great. I just don't, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the announcers just laugh. <laughs> Tennis is a sport where skill plays a much bigger role, in large part because there simply aren't many people involved. That's why Serena Williams could hold the number one rank for 186 consecutive weeks from 2013 to 2016. When skill dominates, outcomes are more predictable. Jesus. In a sport like swimming or sprinting, the activities are even more individual, essentially racing a clock. So there's nothing that's standing why, that's between why the athlete's team skill dope, and their though. ranking. But in you're only, sports, you're only as good you as your players and lots worst of player. And what matters isn't just how many are on the field at a time, but how possession is distributed among the team's players over the course of the game. Baseball requires nine hitters on a team to take turns at bat. It'd be ideal. It'd be, wouldn't it be awesome if our best hitter hit every single time, right? <laughs> and we have our weaker <laughs> players never play at all. In basketball, in a sense, you can do a little bit of that. Not quite, but you can have LeBron James playing most of the game. Whereas the very best hockey players, Sidney Crosby, is going to be on the ice, you know, 22, 23 minutes per game. He's their superstar. Hockey is inherently really fast and erratic, so even the best players need to rest. And that puts some limits on how much their skill can influence I just found a uh, baby blue Pittsburgh Whereas Crosby jersey. With, with, like the, with like the big penguin on it? Yeah. I think that football does boil down to a few skill players. I love players hockey jerseys, too. I, 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 they're I, so comfortable. I need more of them. I, I never so wear them. I got, um... I don't even have a Flyers. I mean, I do, not mine. So I just found a Bobby Clark. That's I've had a Lindros one that's like from the 90s players. that my dad His like had. Then he also had like a, it's not starter, but it's like one of these like, like CCM or something like that. One yeah. of those older brands, like or maybe it was Nike. I forget, but they did the Flyers practice jerseys. Mm -hmm. So I have like a Flyers Lindros practice jersey and it's like very plain. It's just all black hockey jersey with yeah. the Flyers logo, but. They're so comfortable. They got like the numbers on the back, and the guy I was talking about before, Hustle Threads, brought in the craziest um, World Cup of uh, hockey jersey for the U.S. Really cool. You got? Did you ever check out the uh, when campus opens back up, or when they were open, in between classes and stuff like that? Because we were in Center City, I would always walk to uh, like tenth. 10th and Walnut or something like that or 9th and Walnut and they have the Mitchell and S store yeah 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 oh, I would walk past that um my god is it 10th I think it's something like I felt like it right was, near it's like right near the um I feel like it was closer to City Hall it's pretty it's like right near the uh Reading Terminal it's like literally yeah yeah because I because I would walk from when I like when I would get off of Jefferson I would walk past it I feel like and or maybe walking to Jefferson maybe. they had this one time I went there, maybe it was like Black Friday or something. I went with Joey and like mm -hmm. they had, I think like it's like half off every jersey, like some crazy sale. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm definitely getting a jersey. But then I started looking around. I'm like, 
holy shit, these are like $400 jerseys. <laughs> like, you're still talking $200 for, yeah. I don't know. And, like, it was it was, like, late in the day, Black Friday, so all the Philly ones were, like, taken. So there was, like, a whole, like, I remember there was, like, an Olympic like U.S. men's like a uh, NBA like Olympic section. It was all like the Dream Team jerseys. I was like, oh, this would be so cool! Like getting like a Jordan Dream Team jersey. Yeah. I was like looking through and like all they had left was like Pat Ewing, and, like <laughs> Chris, maybe Chris Mullins. Yeah, a couple of Chris <laughs> Mullins and like I don't know. I think they might have had a Magic Johnson or something like that. But like all, a lot of the really good ones are taken. I was like, they um. So they have obviously in like the vintage community, they kind of have like a they have like a bad rep. Mitchell and Ness, but it's because they like they did the retro. So M- Mitchell and Ness's history, like they're like a hundred years old, but back in the day they were just kind of like a, um, I want to say they were just like an apparel company. Like they would make um, sweatshirts, like champion kind of. So, yeah. Um, but at some point in the early two thousands or late nineties, they bought the rights to make a lot of the old um, champion NBA jerseys, those designs and stuff from the NBA and they started making them and NFL, NHL, all those things. Um, and they went from like a million dollar company to like a $30 million company in like three years. And it was basically off the back of like the bling era Jersey hype of True. like the early two thousands. And I was, I, I found that out when I was writing a book report at VCU and I was like, this is crazy. Does anybody know about this? Like, does anybody know that this yeah. in three years, this company like quadrupled like or that more than that? Crazy. Then the same thing happened with um, Timberlands. Timberlands. Um, they were like, again, just a work boot that, you know, the working class of New York would wear or outside of New York, too. And then they show up on the feet of, feet of drug dealers in the early 90s. And then they're on the infamous, on the back of the infamous mob thieves wearing think about Timberlands like, in it. And then they blow up. Think about like today with like, I feel like the most common I mean people still wear basketball sneakers people still yeah. wear shoes and get dressed up and shit but i feel like the most common type of sneaker today to buy are like trainers yeah air maxes SPs. Uh, yeah like and it's kind of cool because those were the ones that you'd find on the clearance shelves a couple years ago like you know yeah. people People always wore the 97 Air Maxes and like as like you know sneakerheads and shit like that. But I feel like yeah. n- now more than ever, you're seeing like all these like trainer shoes come back and like people with like you know really bright, really vibrant like exercise shoes. You know what I mean? Rather than just yeah. like flat bottom. I don't know. You know what I mean? I and think like, I, I feel like the Yeezys kind of helped with that because they're very like oh they might not be the most eye-catching or, like, the coolest, but they're really comfy. And then, like, once you, like, realize how comfy they are, like, people will pick up on that. And Like, I don't know. I mean, anytime – I mean, I had a pair of Yeezys a couple years ago, the Adidas ones. 350s? Yeah, they were so comfortable. Yeah, they are. They actually felt like socks, but, like, really nice padding cushioning, like, under the socks. And, like, I I I think about these. Like, these are from – I got the threes on. They're classic. They're yeah. really comfortable, but they're also made out of leather. Yeah, and they're, they're like heavy. retro, so they're heavy. Like I wouldn't play basketball Your in these. Feet and sweat. Like, exactly. Like they get a little hot after around. a while. And like now it's all about like lightweight 
Air Max bubble, like I, bright, I vibrant of, colors for people to like match their gym outfits with and shit like that. I saw something over the weekend that kind of I thought was really. I feel like I saw through what I thought was really stupid. So you know the new Wave Runners, Kanye ones, the Croc, the Croc things. Croc yeah. things. So. I don't, and I don't know what this was. Again, I'm not t- t- tapped into this kind of thing. I don't know if this is a real release or like someone's, you know, version of it. But it's that shoe and that shoe. They've only shown in like drab Yeezy type colors, right? Like mm-hmm. the the earth tone stuff. And this was like a bright red, red October kind of color. And I looked at that and I was like, and I heard people talking about it, and it was like. Hype beasts were like, oh my god, that's like that's it, dude. Like that's the perfect design decision. That's perfect. Boom, that's amazing. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. All you did was color swap a shoe. It, that's all one color. Like this isn't any sort of colorway designing where that's it's how like a hype- little bit of red here, a little bit of red here. The whole shoe is one color. That's how you get like, hype. That's how you get hype beast hard right there. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, guess what? We got the shoe that you like. We made it all red <laughs> and we called it Red October. And we're like, oh my god. I was like, I was like, and I feel like that's the thing. Like right now, like SBs are super popular. All the SBs are. are color swaps. Like it's a, they're like Mortal Kombat characters. They're just taking the same sprite. The Ben and Jerry's and, ones. Yeah, hideous. And just flew just off the shelf. Different the colors Grateful on Dead them. ones. Kind of cool. They're also cool. hideous though. And but, like even the Travis Scott ones, like they're cool. They have a a colorway. Yeah. So to say, but it's also just like. You could tell Travis Scott just picked a bunch of different fabrics right. and like, you know. Or even not, it might not even be Travis Scott. It just might, might be the guy who owns Travis yeah, Scott's, exactly. you know, And just like, oh, this would look. be cool. This He's would like, be cool. Like that this. looks like a Travis Scott shoe. Yeah. Like, let's make the Nike swoosh backwards. It's like, oh, I, I got to spend thousands of dollars I, on these. I hate it. I hate it so much because I feel like it's just not, it's not really taking the work in like design and shit. Like we, we talked about it in our, our Nike bracket shoe, but like. What ended up winning that? Uh, Jordan 11. Nice. Yeah, Jordan okay, 11. that's surprising. Um, it was almost the Jordan 1. Like, by a hair, it could have been the Jordan 1. But um, but one of the ones that made it way farther than I thought, because I, I put it up there, but, like, I didn't think that all the other guys were going to pick the same thing, was the Air Witherspoon, which, like, the, you know, the, the 97 ones that came out a couple years ago, they're, like, all crazy colors and shit. I think I know what you're talking about. Um. Because the, why that shoe is so great is because, like, there really was a design process behind it. Like, freaking Ben Baller was involved in designing that shoe. And, like, they had a whole team of people who were like, you should do this thing. And then one other guy was like, you should do something like this. Like, And it was based on the history of Air Air, Air Maxes, but it was still, like, future and, like, looking yeah. forward. How about, like... I was like, that shit, that shit's hot. It's not just a color switch. It's not just a, like, about, slapping like, a name on it. I liked when... I feel like they... St- I don't know. Like, LeBron still comes out with LeBrons every year, and I'm sure yeah. KD does the KDs, and I think Kobe's deal with Nike actually just ended. Yeah, I heard about that. But I remember it was cool. Like, in the NBA, back when I was a sneakerhead, and like, you know, 2010 era and shit, and a lot of the NBA players had their preference of how of they how they like to wear their sneakers. Kobe was low tops. LeBron was high tops. KD yeah. was that like mid top. Yep. And there was like all the, di- you know, they had the Zigtechs and there was John Wall wearing Zigtechs and all that. Yeah. And um, and like, you know, Kobe got got the nickname Black Mamba 
and then started doing um, the snakeskin, the snakeskin themed shoe. Like so simple, but that little like oh, like it, it was character. Like yeah, it, and like it LeBron, had character. I feel like LeBron kind of really did that shit too. Back with like, I don't know. He maybe they still do it, and you just don't see it as much because now, like, I feel like rappers are like the ones Sean, that make up. like hype sneakers. But LeBron used to have like really cool yeah. LeBrons that he would debut throughout the season and you'd be like, oh, like, you know, so I can't wait to see what LeBron does for the all-star yeah, LeBrons. Go, go, to, go to images. Zion Williamson just put out his um... – Sean, you are a master of Google searches. Um, he just put out his new shoe. You got to put shoe somewhere in there. <laughs> um. No, you're still looking oh, at the one where no, you busted no, out this is not it at all. This is you're not even close. Jesus Christ, Sean. New shoe, Zion. None of those are it. New Jordan, Zion. Still not the shoe. What? Okay, now I'm confused. Go go down. Go go to his Instagram. It's a, so he released a new shoe. Um and it pretty much looks like uh, all the Paul Georges and Kyrie's and Blake Griffin shoes and Chris Paul shoes that have come out of Nike and Jordan over the last, like, decade. They have, like, really no character. The one character bit to it is it has a Z on it, on the shoe. So he signed with Team Jordan. Go up. You just post these? Click, that, click the new one. Yeah. Go to the next one. It'll be the picture of it. Yeah, so he just, he just, these are just got announced. Um, so the really only thing that really stands out to me is the, is the Z on it. But again, they look like Paul George's. Like I have, I feel like I have that shoe with that same sort of um, sole and the pull tab on the back and the sock liner on the inside. Like I think there is a problem where like, Shoe technology has gotten so good that these guys only want to wear yeah, the they best don't shit. Like, they don't want to do something that's like Jordan One inspired, but right because like, you can't wear actual it. basketball players don't wear it for shit. They probably sign contracts where they have to wear their shoe. Yeah, on the court. So it limits so like, it limits the design decisions that the designer can make. But like you were saying, I I get really mad at this because like like Giannis is signed with Nike. He has his own shoe. Look up, look up. I don't, I don't even know if I want you to have you look up, look up this one because you're not going to be able to get Giannis Antetokounmpo spelled right. <laughs> but look up Giannis. <laughs> look up Giannis. Shoes. Um, he released these ones like. Um, no, he didn't get rid of the first one. Um, he released this shoe like a while ago. I haven't seen it anywhere. Those. Yeah. They look so just... They look like they could be Jordans. or the, I mean, they could be um, LeBrons or... I don't know. Maybe KDs. it is just like a, a one of those like phases slash like things that people crave, o- like go crazy over that I just kind of grew... Like I grew out of... But so I, don't you, think, I don't think that's as... I don't know. It's not as big, I don't think. Like my, my little brothers wear uh, like 1 through 12 Jordans. 
Like they they like elevens, they like threes, they like they don't really like ones, but like that's what them and their friends kind of come in the way that we did the Jordan. Or I remember the playing LeBron, basketball, the Kades, the Kobe's. Playing basketball, like a lot of kids would like you know there were sneakerheads that would wear LeBrons and stuff like that on the court, but a lot of times like. The best shoes to wear were like just the classics, like Hyperdunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember like 2011 Hyperdunks? Like there were certain yeah. players that would it wear them, like Blake Griffin or, or whoever. But like, yeah, those were like just such default, like good basketball sneaker. And I feel like now, like I don't know if you're not balling and you're not like a huge Zion fan, right, right. And so if you're not playing basketball on a court, you know, because you can't. You're not going to get $200 Nike sneakers and then go wear them on a blacktop. You but know what the, I mean? So thing. unless you're playing indoor basketball and you're a big Zion Williams fan, you're probably not going to get those shoes. I, I think there's also a problem um, with how long players play for now. Like like uh, when Jordan was playing, Jordan was so f- head and shoulders above every other player that like that alone would have carried his shoe like – way into the future you know what i mean like nowadays when like when we were when we were they first released their shoes like kobe kd and lebron were pretty close to like all being the best player in the nba nowadays it's like well it's lebron but like giannis is really good too and but Luka's also there's really steph curry steph like, curry's who the also fuck? good like, kd's still here yeah like so it, i think it's more difficult to like like how do you market Zion Williamson like he's the he's the future but wait I forgot I thought Giannis was the future oh no no he's the future too but we gotta wait for LeBron there's to retire so, it's like he's not gonna retire for th- four years <laughs> like there's so many so how do you market that you know what I mean like Zion's not gonna come in and just take over the NBA because he's not he's really good but he's not like good enough to take down a 20 year old 20 year yeah. veteran in LeBron and I feel like even LeBron, with as good as he is, I couldn't tell you what his newest shoe looks like. No. I couldn't tell you what his past five shoes look like. I bet they look exactly like the last shoe that I saw yeah. him wear. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, he. I feel like it's just more of a recent thing. We're kind of like you, we were saying earlier, like, they're putting these deals where they're forced to not only put their name on the shoe and promote it and mm-hmm. do all this shit, but they have to wear their shoe. Yeah. What if, like... As a athlete growing up, like Zion or whatever, he had a certain basketball shoe that he wore, and that he was wore, what he yeah. was comfortable with wearing or whatever. And then, you know, sure, you don't, you don't cry about it at night because you're making millions of fucking dollars doing yeah. it. Like if someone told me to wear my shoe while making millions of dollars while making millions of dollars, I wouldn't complain about it. Right. But it's like you're probably going to sit down with the person, and the first thing first you're going to tell them is what you like in a basketball shoe. And I feel like nowadays the technology of the shoe is what comes first, and the mm-hmm. actual look of the shoe is what comes second. And that's why so many of them are just kind of right. so easy to just gaze over and not really think much of them. Uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if, um, like, the fact that like maybe back in the day Jordan Jordan was able to wear something that was like more gave him more personality like you think about the first jordan one everybody always talks about the whole band thing which i think is overblown and dumb but like it was a time when the nba had rules like you can't have shoes with white soles 
because there was like a uniform and you have to wear the NBA uniform and represent the NBA. And obviously the NBA has been completely changed from that where now players can show up like Russell Westbrook dressed like they're crossing guards to a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're able to show them their, their personality off in so many different ways that like the shoe don't really matter anymore. Like Jordan wearing Jordans was like at one point only Jordan was wearing Jordans. And then other players who were wearing Jordans were like Jordan. Like AI wears them in college and he gets compared to the greatness sure. of Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, so then that became a thing where like you want to wear the best shoe, the nicest shoe, whatever. But nowadays, Giannis is allowed to do whatever he wants to do on the court. He's allowed to do whatever he wants to do off the court. He can market himself in whatever way he wants to. The shoe is less more less of an important like part of that. You know what I mean? Also, I think it's important to have like highlight memorable moments in those shoes. Yeah. Jordan, rookie year. What like there's pictures of him jumping from the free throw line. He did a three different dunk contests, right? Yeah, I think so. Each one you can like remember the shoe he was wearing. He won championships or the last shot yeah. or whatever. Like you had these moments like LeBron. I remember LeBron and 2007 All-Star, uh, it was the LeBron 7s or something like that, I think. It's a, wait, it wasn't Maybe the 9s. Yeah, yeah. It was the LeBron 7s in the, like, 2010 or something like that. And That sounds about right. They were fire. And yeah. I remember, like, seeing him on the court and everyone was debuting their shoes. Or, like, on Christmas. Remember, like when LeBron would play Kobe on Christmas and they would have their yeah. Christmas uniform and then they'd have these crazy Christmas sneakers and then everyone would want to go out and get the Christmas LeBrons for Christmas. Or, yeah. um, you know, I remember with the LeBron 9s, I think that was the first time he did like, or he did it with the 8s too, but he started doing like, oh, here's the version 1s. I'm going to wear these in the first half of the season. Then around the All-Star shoe, I'm going to have the V2s come out. Yeah, and then the like, plus or whatever. And then he did, like, I remember he had the Elites or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were sick because it was the playoffs, and he was playing for the Heat at the time, and they had the white and black playoff jerseys. They didn't have much color tones to work with on that. Yeah. So he just did white and black and gold. Yeah. And that was fine. And that's the last, like, Le I remember LeBron 10s. But, like, I would say that those, like, LeBron playoff ones were, like, some of the last ones where I can really, like, remember, like, oh, yeah, like, I remember LeBron putting on, like, uh, I remember, like, hearing, like, back in the, like, during those games, he would, like, put on a new pair, like, at halftime or something like that. Like, he, he liked breaking them in or he liked them fresh. Like, mm -hmm. he would wear, like, two different pairs. of sh Like, if he had a first half of a game or something like that and he was wearing a certain pair and he was playing, like, shit, he, he would go to the locker room and get a completely a different pair and put them on. And, like, he was, like, superstitious about that. So that was, like, kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like nowadays it's, like, you don't really think about what's on their feet as much anymore because they all, like – it's almost cooler to be like, oh, look at Tobias Harris wearing those Grinch Kobe's from 10 yeah. years ago. Like, that's yeah. a cool Kobe tribute right there. Or like, oh, look, like, that dude's wearing Yeezys. Or that yeah. dude's, like, I remember, like, for a while it was in, like, 2010, like, some players would just be Harris. savage and wear, like, 
the Yeezy Nike Air Yeezys like Nate Robinson and like yeah. they are not basketball shoes. Not at all. They were not made right. for basketball, but he would just wear them to flex like mid NBA game. Like that's fire. Yeah. It was more about the showing of the shoe rather than like oh yeah it's gonna be really light it's gonna be really like yeah comfy and all this shit and it's like eh, you're a basketball player like put something cool on your feet and dunk. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I I don't know. It's it's like uh, what 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 iconic events have happened in Giannis's career nothing because nothing iconic <laughs> happens all, all of nothing iconic happens before the second round of the playoffs <laughs> exactly. you know if you, you get, don't make it to the eastern conference finals ever. every time like like you know how many people would wear the Embiid crying threes or whatever yeah. but it was like oh those are the sneakers Embiid wore when Kawhi hit that shot over right. him you know like that right. was iconic right like I I think yeah, that's 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 such a big thing where it's like, but then but then I don't know. What about what about like Curry? Like Curry has some decently iconic moments, but his he's always he's never had the star power. He's got the I guess. Un, he's got the Under Armour, and Under Armour is like one of those brands where yeah. it's like, unfortunately. But I don't think he could be a Nike athlete. One hundred percent could. I don't think he could. I don't think he has the. I bet if he doesn't I bet have he gets that paid, same thing. He's probably he's probably. Nike athletes don't go to Davidson. He's probably the most high, one of the most highly paid yes he athletes for Under Armour, right? Yeah, him and him, him, KD and LeBron are the top three NBA players. I, I mean, I mean, in terms of like being paid by their brand, like oh, Under Armour, in terms of probably who one, endo- yeah. who they're sponsoring or whatever, he's probably the highest paid. He's probably the most well known, at least that I can think of, in terms yeah, of like sure. major four sports athletes. Nike probably can't match that check because they already got a billion dollars with LeBron. They already got KD. They already got yeah. whatever. So they have so much shit. And it's like, do they really need Steph Curry on top of that? Like, shit, you guys can have but Steph like, Curry. Every you know kid, what I mean? Every kid in the world wants to be like Steph Curry because Steph Curry can shoot threes and they can shoot threes. They can't dunk like LeBron, but they can shoot threes like I'm Steph sure Curry. I'm sure there's like a lot of kids out there still like – so why isn't the, but why isn't there a shoe that makes you shoot threes better? Like, yeah. and it doesn't have to really do that. Like, that's made up marketing stuff. But like, why doesn't that shoe exist? Why why isn't Steph Curry all the time and he's like, I shoot a thousand shots a day every in these, day in these sneakers. every day it's in these sneakers. That's all the commercial has to be. And then kids would eat that shit up. They'd be like, Steph Curry wears these. Steph Curry shoots a thousand shots a day. I wear these. I shoot a thousand shots a day. Yeah, it's true. Boom, done. Remember, like, um, what were those shoes called? They were, like, a Japanese brand. Leaning. Chinese. Chinese brand? Yeah. They were sick. They're like, cool. They were, like, 2009 or something like that. I remember they, like, came out and, like, you would see them in the NBA sometimes. And, like, they were cheap. And, like. For a hot minute, Dwayne Wade was on Yeah, Leaning Dwayne Wade. For, like, a minute. I don't know. I think I mean, that Derek Nobly or maybe or Derek Rose maybe or no, uh, or maybe he was a Diaz always. But there was like there a was lot of pl- one. there was a lot of players that were yeah. just like doing Tony that. Tony Parker maybe. There were a lot of players that were like rocking, yeah. like this brand, and because it was affordable, and because it was this brand that's like all right, you know, these might not be the hottest Nikes out or Adidas, but it's cheaper and more affordable. And look, like Dwayne Wade's wearing them. Like why don't you wear them yeah, too? Yeah. And it's like. All right, shit. Like they're only blah 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 amount, and he's wearing them. Like, right? Maybe I should get myself a pair because they're affordable. And knowing Steph Curry, he's got these Under Armour shoes. 
me personally, I don't see a lot of Under Armour basketball shoes that often. They're probably still 250 bucks. You know I, what I mean? I, they're probably still a $200 shoe. So it's like you're going to spend $200 on the shoe that, like, I don't know. Is, I, I don't know. I feel like people know people know at this point that, like, celebrities are just m- making money off having their own shoe. You know, like, I, like back in the day, like, it didn't matter. It was Michael Jordan's shoe, and Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Get the Jordan, and that's it. Like, yeah. Now, and then even through the Nike, like, Kobe, KD, and, and LeBron, it was like, it was like you said, like, you got to choose which one. Like, I was a KD guy. Shoe-wise, I never fucked with the Kobe's, and I did fuck with the LeBrons, but I didn't like that bulk of them. I liked I the loved, mid. I love the LeBrons because I always thought the LeBrons had, like, cool variations every year. They did. Like, just the span from, like, the soldiers, like the fives or whatever they were, mm-hmm. to, like, the tens. Like, how much they evolved every year, and it was just, like, cool. And then, like, the Kobe's... I wasn't a huge Kobe uh, sneaker guy, but I did have two pairs of the Kobe sixes when they were like the snakeskin ones, and like yeah. that was just cool. And like there were low tops, and they were different. Like there weren't a lot of low top basketball sneakers like that. Mm-mm. And then I had a pair, and I still have them like in my garage. I had a pair of Amari Stoudemire's. They were like Christmas Amari Stoudemire's, and they were kind of like KDs, where they were the mid shoe with the strap. Mm-hmm. I found those being like my favorite shoe to wear. I like basketball. the strap. I like a nice mid top basketball shoe. I feel like that's what a lot of like that's not I, really low top, not really high top. It's like a mid top kind of, right? Yeah, I had a pair of um, mellow Jordans. They were kind of nice. They were like um, very New York Knicks colors, but I liked them for some reason. Um, I, but, but they were like all black and they had like this, they had like orange and blue accents all over them and they had like a black patent leather front that was just like shiny i luckily had like pretty dope sneakers for like as a kid growing up because i always played basketball and like i don't know that'd be like my one thing on my christmas list growing up all i wanted was sneakers i didn't care about anything else i just wanted lebrons and kobe's and I (laughs) i would get them i would wear the shit out of them i would always 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 wear them for basketball and then I like went to college, wasn't playing basketball, yeah, and still had all these sneakers in all their boxes. I sold a couple on eBay. I took a couple to South Street to Suplex. I ended up cashing out, and like some of them, I sold for the same price that I got them for. Like so, I made retail money back. Yeah. After wearing them. For four to five years playing basketball, so they were not even right. They weren't even eight out of ten condition. Like they but were a beat lot of up. Threw those out. But yeah, exactly. And like either they threw them out or they're just not that. I don't know. I had a lot of no, the ones that they're pretty pop. The Kobe's and LeBron's and stuff are pretty popular right now. Yeah, and like that shit's like I don't know. If you have a, if you have a dead stock pair of those still, like you're talking, it's... you're talking a couple hundred bucks. Like I had a pair of. They're more a newer shoe, but I had a pair of pirate, uh, the pirate black Yeezys. I wore the sh- I wore them to concerts. They were all black, so they were pretty easy to beat yeah. up. But they had little scuff marks on them. I got three hundred bucks cash for them after literally wearing them at like college parties for like two years straight. I th- and like, 
I was not mad about that. I was like, damn, I can wear, <laughs> I can get a sneaker. I'm pretty sure I got them for cheaper. I can get a sneaker, wear the shit out of them, and then one day turn around and just get rid of them and get 300 bucks. Like, that's, that's a move. I, I think it's just people who are our age who didn't get to get their shoes like five years ago, and now they have money and they want to buy the old Kobe that they couldn't get or whatever. Yeah. Because now they can for sure get it. They just have to pay $450. And most people our age don't know how money works. So they're just yeah. like, oh, I got a $1,000 paycheck. Let me buy a $400 you pair ever, of shoes. That's you ever go to Suplex old. on South Street? Or Never like, been to Suplex. Did you ever go to no. the one on like 12th and Walnut? No. Um, I think that one got they got rid of that one. We gotta we gotta called. go there this summer too. It is trip to so 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 cool. Yeah. It's like Flight Club in New York. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. In there, you walk in, it's just a wall of every single Jordan, <sighs> like actually every single one. You can stand and be oh oh oh, just point them all out. Yeah, and they're all wrapped in this individual like plastic shit and. You know, you take the pla- you take the shoe and the plastic off the wall. You flip it. They got the price tag yeah. underneath. You normally, look at the price tag. Put them right back up. So I had I had the opposite thing when I went to college. So when I went to VCU, I was down the street from round two. So I went there all the time. I spent probably twelve to fourteen hundred dollars on shoes in like the first semester that I was there. Just like boom, three hundred dollars shoe, four hundred dollars shoe, three hundred dollars shoe. I bought. The first time I went down there, I bought the um, the Supreme Fives, the 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 Desert Camo mm-hmm. with like the I think they have ninety five on this on the number or something. Um, then I bought the Infrared Sevens. I bought Aqua Eights. Uh, I, 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 I was gonna buy Chicago's, and I was like, this is a five hundred dollar shoe that I'm not gonna wear. I'm not buying this. And those are the ones you I get them and you spend 500 and they're like the ones where like you can't crease them. No, you know not I mean? at all. They're like dark around. white. You and can't like, have the creased Chicago's. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so it's, it's like, like you're spending 500 bucks to wear a sneaker, whether you wear it once a week or once a month. Like it's kind of just like a, I don't know. My most recent sneaker I got, I got for 70 bucks. I got the retro, um, the pro leather, white and red. Converse, nice. the ones that Dr. J used to wear, and yeah. like, I like them a lot because they're just like they're clean for sure. They're clean. They're one of those shoes where like I'll wear them like in Philly, and like an old head will come. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Them. Like, yeah. You want pretty, that? You want the? It's like an old school kind of shoe, and like oh, again, I spent seventy bucks. Like it's not like I had to. And I got seventy bucks from the Converse website. Yeah. So I got them brand new. I was the first person with my foot in that shoe, and it was just like you. You want that like just off the. Just off the normal path shoe, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're kind of rolling the dice if you show up in like leanings and you're like, "Yo, these are hot." Yeah. Sometimes probably some people could probably pull it off, but like, it's tough. But if you're going with like, uh, like I I really wanted to get um, the Waffle Racers because they had the Waffle Racers on on Nike.com for like sixty bucks, so I bought a pair. They came in and it looked like they had just came off like Diego Maradona's feet. They were fucking grass stained. All up the back, there was like, it looked like somebody had taken the whole shoe and just crunched it up. And I was like, someone's gonna buy that for three hundred bucks. I was like, Nike, what happened here? You don't say you don't sell pre-owned shoes yet. Now they're gonna apparently, but you didn't you don't sell pre-owned shoes. What happened here? Did somebody take this out of the box in like Honduras when they were making the shoe and like go <laughs> play a game? Like what happened? 
And they sent it back and they gave me my money back. But I was like, dude, I'm not buying another pair. Like, you just sent me some yeah. fucked up pair. I don't want to wait another two weeks to get a pair that I should already have on my feet. Like, I want to say I bought these from Suplex probably for, like, a little under 200 bucks. It's for, like, the last, like, somewhat expensive shoe that I, like, purchased. And I loved them for a while. And then I found myself not wearing them for a little bit. And I was like... Let me try something. I took them back to Suplex, and I tried to sell them back to them as if, like, they wouldn't notice. And obviously, like, they can't, like, they don't know me that well. It's not like they, like, knew that I already got them from them. But, like, I wore them a decent amount, and they just kind of told me, they're like, these are cool shoes, like, cool sneakers. Um, You know, if they were in a little better condition, we could give you, like, you know, probably what you paid for them, like a little close to 200 bucks but they're beat to shit so we'll give you 40 bucks and at that point you might as well fucking keep the sneaker i'm like yeah i'm like 40 dollars or could, like you could sell them on them. ebay yeah, for keep, a little bit more yeah and honestly like i always wanted to like get into like refinishing shoes like, yeah you get the paint yeah and like the finish for them and like you know you paint a midsole white yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect just to, like, get rid of the yellowing and shit so people, like, not, not, not people, but just yourself, you Dude. want them to look better. People are crazy people like Antoine downstairs are getting their shoes yellowed on purpose. I'm like, dude, why? Like, why? Like You get them yellowed on purpose? Yeah. Like, why? getting, the, getting the, the air bubbles, like, you know when the air bubbles get real old and they turn from, like, clear to, like, yellow? Musty. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, doing that on purpose. I'm like, dude, why? He's like, because then they don't get beat up after I wear them. I'm like... Who cares? But they're going to get beat up that way anyway. Who cares? Either beat your shoes to shit or put them in a box. Like, those are the two things for me where it's like, most of my shoes I wear and have no care. That's how I am with them. I have like my one, I have my day, like, I work for a pest control company, so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pull up to someone's house where we're charging them a certain amount of money for a service, and I'm like, pulling up wearing bread 11s you know what i mean i'm in someone's i'm in someone's cobwebby basement with breads on like yeah exactly you know i got my beaters but like any type of situation where i I don't know i just want to wear a nicer sneaker i got my sneakers where every single one i own now and i got my jordans but they're just like i've had them for a couple years i've tried reselling them i got an offer like less than a hundred bucks and at that point it's like all right like i might as well hold on to these until i can't fucking wear them anymore whenever yeah. i get a hole in the toe <laughs> yeah i i uh i get mad because like i want to wear i want to wear shoes out but if you ever wear a shoe out or wear a shoe to a party or wear a shoe out they're just gonna get fucked they're yeah. just gonna get so i like white sneakers too instantly I like, yeah, I like, I like like primary white sneakers with like a colored sole or something, but they're just going to get ruined. Like I had, I had a pair of like these teal, I don't even know what they were. They were like Air Force twos or something, but they were like, you know, off the rack of like the outlet, but they were like cool. You know what I mean? Like they looked cool. Like they were just like a basic ass shoe. Wore them to one party and they were brown. They had creases (laughs) and the creases inside the creases was like dirt. Like a, like a vein of dirt throughout the whole shoe. I was just like, well, fuck. I, got, I just got these last week. Uh, I remember we, like, 60 like my bucks, first but. time I went to a music festival was fucking Firefly. I was like 14. And we didn't like know how bad. How crazy like 
being at a music festival was for whatever you wear. Like, where I was like, yeah. oh, it's a concert. Like, I'm just going to bring Stand some around. dope sneakers or whatever. They got so fucked. I'm pretty sure I lost a sneaker. Like, in the mud. Oh, I've done that <laughs> you too know, before. like, you step in the mud and there's like, it sucks your shoe in. And I'm like, do I go in there and dig for my shoe right now or just say fuck it and walk home in one, one shoe on? Dude, I've came home with like shoes and then realized how fucked up they were and then like left them somewhere and forgot because I was inebriated, yeah. forgot <laughs> where I put them and then like remembered later that they were there and I would go like turn over something and be, it's like a fucking fossil of these just like grass Crusty, stained yeah, crusted. Air, Air Max 91s or 90s or whatever. I was like, ugh, like kind of happy I forgot these were here because I'm now mad that I ruined my one shoe that was supposed to be like my walking around like I can get it a little dirty shoe. Yeah. I didn't want it to look like it was in like. So if I were to recommend anything, what I have noticed with sneakers is the fucking Yeezys, man. They can like. Yeah. The way they are designed, because he's, I feel like he's, he's so like anti leather. (laughs) <laughs> you know he's very like one of he wants to be futuristic so bad yeah so there's like no leather on his shoe it's just all like they don't have like creases where things can get they don't stuck. even have like a structure like it's just, just like a like hole flat. it's like a sock yeah with laces like holes for laces and then like really comfy bottom any of those like yeah i, I mean mine were all black so maybe it's different for me but like i like i could wear those to a music festival and come out of the music festival and like look down, they look the exact same. No yeah. creases, no mud, no anything. Like they were, and if they did, like I could just clean them up. It's a totally different vibe too. If you wear a shoe with a little bit of platform in it too, like you wear Jordans out to places, and you feel like a little bit taller, and you feel like you're a little bit like wearing a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you sometimes you want to go out and you want to, you know, you're gonna be walking like three miles. You want like something without a sole. Yeah. At all. Definitely. All right, let's wrap it up. We're going way over time, probably. Um, so where can everybody check out Nag Champa too? Uh, SoundCloud, I got it right now. Um, I am currently thinking about my next project already. Every nice. time I drop one, uh, I mean, I have dropped three projects in the past like six months or so. And every time I drop a project, there's so many songs that I wish I got done or like wish like made the cut. Yeah. So. I found myself with a lot of like Doom, MF Doom inspired beats slash acapellas that I've yet to really remix. So I did just drop Nag Champa Volume 2, but I do want to get a Doom slash JNAG Productions project put out very soon. Um, I will talk to you about some uh, stuff we're going to do behind the scenes too. I would love to get some sort of cool marvel comics inspired like yes. album cover Dude, I think I, that'd be that i know no no for a fact you will kill that during during my uh during my covid uh stay at home i watched a lot of marvel oh, <laughs> dude, i just went through all of them i caught up on all the disney the disney plus stuff and uh i watched all of endgame again on like monday <laughs> endgame did you ever watch like wandavision or Winter yeah yeah, Soldier yeah i watched Fat i watched Winter them Soldier. both this weekend i'm fucking hyped for the last episode on Friday. Yeah. And that's then they come out with Loki. Yeah, that's, that's going to be gonna cool be too. Very, very cool. I've been into so much of that recently. Um So yeah, I guess for me, for, for people who probably haven't seen a podcast in over a month from us, uh we got a lot of really cool stuff coming up. It's just we're at like a point where we're like between shit right now like 
super planning this summer and the pl- summer is going to be crazy hopefully i can get you involved with a couple of different projects i got going on definitely so i had my last project leave of absence which you also helped me with i had a song on there that was probably at the time my favorite song i've ever made uh-huh. it was the uh, la monster yeah, yeah. oh a, yeah it was yeah. a jesus is king really great uh like leak that never got put on the album. Mm-hmm. So I found a leaked version of it on SoundCloud. I took that. It was just Kanye singing with a drum. I mean, it was Kanye singing with no drums or bass or anything. It was just him and then a guitar. So I did a whole remix of that, added all these extra instruments. I had TJ Ayer do a uh, yeah. guitar solo. Which is a great addition. I loved it. It was one of the... N- more uncommon sounding things I've ever made. Like it was very unique compared to a lot of things I've made. And SoundCloud took it off for copyright. And then also put a strike on my account. So now I have one of three strikes for copyrighted material. <laughs> that don't go away. Yeah, they'll never go away. And if I get two more, they're gonna delete my account. And I'm like, <laughs> everything I have is like yeah. sampled based. So I'm like crossing my fingers they don't find anything else, but Long story short, I sent you a couple beats for what you got coming out recently. Yeah. And one of them, uh, I think I called it Father Stretch My Pretzels. <laughs> that one, I sampled the Sunday Service Choir, the yeah. album that came out on like Christmas or something. I sampled that version of Father Stretch My Hands. Pitched it up, did like the chipmunk soul kind of old school Kanye beat vibe and I think I'm going to take that and replace um, L.A. Monster with that oh, soon. Nice. So that's going to probably be my most recent thing coming out. And That'd be sick. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll kind of like honestly be in line with the theme of what you're going with right now and I should probably be getting something like that done within the next month. I'm just, I feel good right now. I I'm t- taking I- victory laps of like <laughs> having all my shit done and getting that project done and now I'm like, damn, like next time I sit down and really make some beats, like, I got a clean slate. Yeah. Like I can get like really like. That's how I feel too. Yeah. It feels so good having that because then I, I, that's when I feel like I can get in really, I can get in the zone and really like tie, tie things together really good. And my last 10 days before I drop an albums for some reason when I'm the most inspired to make the most beats and I'll yeah. make like a bunch of new ones to add on, but it's cool to, uh, start clean start fresh and really just take it wherever i really want you know that strike that i told you about about the beat that's in this that's our podcast theme uh it's it's cleared they never sent me anything about it i was like because we we were going back and forth i was like this is definitely like of all the stuff we made <laughs> of all the stuff we put out there this is absolutely the least copywritten and i was like it was crazy how they made it copywritten for a kid who had eight views on YouTube, and then he sampled the same the sample same that sample. I used on Splice, and I'm like, dude, what? It didn't make like, any sense to me. Was and I was so, like, so I was like, odd. this isn't right. I was like, I, so YouTube is notoriously shitty for copyright claiming for creators. Like, they just pretty much bash you over the head with whatever the record label says is theirs, but. That one was like, this isn't, nobody even owns this. Like, why, why was that being taken? So I, I reached out to them and I never heard anything back, but the little icon just went away. Just like disappeared one day. Mine was fucked. And I, I used that, that beat on mine all was, of our videos. Mine was so fucked. Dude. They <laughs> took mine, took the song off, 
told me that if I wanted to fight the copyright thing and pretty much prove that it was my song, they would take the strike away. But if I fought it and it didn't get approved, they would take your. They would give me a, no. They would give me a strike. Uh, another one. So me, I'm like, keep the song. <laughs> I'm like, don't, I don't need a strike. I had zero strikes at the time. A week goes by. And they're like, oh. you're going to be striked for this song. I'm like, wait, so did you guys want me to like go write Kanye an email and tell him how he never released that song? Like, I don't even know. I was so fucking pissed off. But it is what it is. I I truly don't think – I don't think what you're doing – I don't think it makes sense to put copyright claims on what you're doing because, like, f- for one, you're not making insane amounts of money off of what you're doing. And you're, nobody so and you're also changing it pretty drastically. Like yeah. you play the original, you play yours. It's it's a pretty drastic change, and that's where I don't really understand. I don't understand, especially with music. Like visual stuff is way more lax for for some reason. You can get away with doing a lot more stuff, maybe because artists have been doing it for so long, or maybe just because like in music. In music, it's like the end product is like what people see as the uh, the thing you're doing, like the music that you make. Whereas an art is more about like what the person did to make it, kind of yeah. gives it value. You know what I mean? Like somebody can paint the same picture as you, but if it's a famous artist who did it, that person will get the credit. But with musicians, it's not the same. I've realized it's it's very um, it's the it's the songs that made the most money or the artists that made the most money that are the ones that are the strictest about that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in terms of SoundCloud, like I've, tr- I've, a couple of years ago, I made a Beyonce remix. I couldn't even post it. Like yeah. it would, it would process like uploading. And then by the end of the process, it would be like, unfortunately we couldn't upload your song because you sampled blah, blah, blah by Beyonce. And I'm like, shit, like yeah. you guys actually just listened to that and called me out on yeah. it. And I'm, I think back to like the 2013, 14 SoundCloud era where I'm like, there's so many, DJs and producers that used to remix every song that came out. Like, how the hell did they get away with all that shit? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm horrible with that. I should take a class on copyright. I, <laughs> I'm horrible with that I shit. I know some shit about copyright, but I, I, I think the more you know also, the more that it's like nobody's really sure. Nobody's, nobody's really sure. If you get a good enough lawyer, you could win a case. You know what I mean? If you don't, then you could lose one. Like, it's, it's yeah. a lot of times it's like that where it's just like, it's a gray area, and if you change this much of it, you're supposed to be protected, but hey, maybe not, you know? That's why I haven't uploaded anything on Spotify yet, because I just don't feel like constantly like, oh, like just uploaded this album to Spotify, and then like a day later, like there's only five on there, because they like took yeah. down a bunch, or like, I don't know, just all that kind of shit, where I'm just like, I'd honestly rather just, all my things that I'm releasing right now are showing my fans like the progress of how I'm getting better at my craft and doing things differently and right. showing them, you know, what I can do. Right. And when I get to that point where I feel like I'm not gonna like not need a sample or not want to do a sample based thing and maybe do something a little bit different, then I'll upload it to Spotify. But for now, yeah. what I'm doing, I'm honestly thinking the opposite route. Instead of just staying on SoundCloud and trying to do Spotify and Apple Music, I'm thinking like, I'd rather really support like these mixtape platforms like Datpiff, Audio Mac, Bandcamp, or whatever. Like all these 
platforms where like they that's that's what they do that's where that's the realm of all that and like a lot of my favorite projects are mixtapes yeah and unfortunately a lot of times mixtapes don't get put on spotify and apple music until the artist has enough money to pay for those samples or the artist dies and then they're like oh all right well we'll just you know like put it on there because they passed away or something like that which is so kind of fucked up like they should really like I don't know, loosen up on that kind of shit, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't... I, I think that there should be a way also that you can put something out and say, like, I'm not making money. Please just let me do this thing. Yeah, like, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I... Um, and I feel like if you're... But I don't know. Because, like, think about what I'm doing. Like, I basically make commercials for the stuff that I'm making. And a lot of times I'll use music that is non-copywritten. Or that is copywritten, but... We also try to use it in a way that's, you know, inventive and, you know, connects More to what we're doing or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Um, and the thing behind that is, like, a lot of the shit I picked, I picked the song for Philly Blunts because it was for, like, it connected to that topic. Like, that's how I use it. I use it in that way where it's like, you know. I think about it in a way where, like. I'm not per- making money on that. Yeah, so. in ways where, like, I don't know. I always think, like. In ways where you ask me to do like what I do for you and you give me like a template or an idea yeah. and you're like, oh, see what you can do with this and with that. Yeah. I mean, if a company has the money to actually buy those copyrights they'll, and they can do that stuff, like wouldn't you want some sort of artist that is good at doing that? And like, right. can't like, you know, if Coca-Cola wants you to make a song and they want you to sample this. Well, shit, if you're good at sampling, you can make a beat out of anything. Then like, yeah, that's a talent right there. That's something that you yeah. can really have someone else pay for your shit for you and you can then make money off it by just doing it if that makes sense like i also wish it was easier to clear samples like why isn't there a database of all that music where it's like like why can't i go on itunes and go oh you want to buy this song you want to buy it do you want to buy it for commercial use or do you want to buy it for personal use you buy it for personal use it's like a two dollar 2.99 or whatever it is on itunes to buy a song and then there's a commercial use where it's like, you want to put this in a song? It's going to cost $2,000 or whatever. Like, and that'd be – because also it should scale. Like if if you put a song in a Coca-Cola ad, it's going to be seen by millions of people. They should be they should pay a ton of money to use that song. But if I'm a small creator who's going to get seen by 100 people, I shouldn't have to pay the same amount of money Coca-Cola would pay. Yeah for that same song like it's just, it's just I'm you're not, not making make, you're just I'm not gonna make the same money fun, yeah. right even if it's for free right yeah. so like i don't know it seems it seems very strange to me that you can't like that's why i'm low-key like get anything su- i get surprised like soundcloud took down that la monster song and i got a strike on my account but why not the other s- ones for a song that's not even released right that's not even a song yeah it's a concept of a song so i'm like in my mind i was like is kanye releasing that Right. Like, is he tightening it up and trying to protecting he, it? He so hit up his doesn't. record label or whatever and was like, yo, any of the leaks of this song that are on the Internet, like get them off the Internet so I can post my version of it. And people right. aren't like, oh, I already have this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's that was what was crazy to me, because I'm like, do you guys not hear the All Falls Down remix yeah. or like any of the other remixes that I did? Like, I, it was just like interesting. I, that's why I'm like any day now. 
my whole SoundCloud could get shut down I and deleted. Like, that would be devastating. I feel like they could solve the problem by saying, like, you can't use computers to find copyrighted material because what they're basically doing on YouTube is they're just sending this AI out and they're going, hey, listen to this song. Anytime you hear this song, take it down. Yeah. That's fucked up because if you had a real person who did that, who went and found all the shit that was popping off, like if video gets a billion, view, mm-hmm. a billion views and you go, oh, they're using a song in there, cut it. Because now that song's getting, or that video's getting seen a whole bunch, there might be money going into that person's account, cut their song. But if my video literally has five views <laughs> and, and one of the person who saw it was an AI that you guys are paying to go around, fuck off. Like, yeah. fuck off. Like, that's so stupid. So I've taken it from a creative point of view where pretty much I know I'm in this, I'm in acapellas. I haven't really had any problems with that. Mm-hmm. It's more when I'm taking a song, like on Nag Chompa Volume 2, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, I thought I was going to get snatched for the Frank Ocean one at the end. White? Because, mm-hmm. or I called it Gray, but I sampled the song White by uh, Frank Ocean. Like, the whole song is in my song, if that makes sense. Like, it's mm-hmm. all there, but I just added shit on top of it. Pretty much like what I did to L.A. Monster. I remixed it. But, like, I don't know. Can that a- can that AI, like... See through it. See th- I think because L.A. Monster, the way I had it, there was a section of the, the first five seconds of that song. Or, I did have this intro, but after the intro... There was a moment of the sample where technically I didn't do anything to it. I just let it ride out. And I think that's what got me because it was like this five-second section of this remix where it's just Kanye and the guitar because I let all the instruments drop out. That's what's getting uh, picked up by the AI. That makes sense. I'm going to keep asking you to do stuff that's not copyrighted because for for me it's like uh, it's part of what I'm doing. It's a it's a hip hop inspired yeah. part of what I'm doing. So I I like doing both I honestly. Like you know the the lottery beat I did for you, yeah. like the beat itself, copyright free. Right. That's all like me adding drums, drum sample loops or uh, like you know drum like one shots and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and the horns or whatever I use for that were uh, like from Splice. Right. So that was all safe to use. The only thing that wasn't copyrighted was the I get money part mm-hmm. so like you know just it's always interesting to kind of yeah I like doing see, a little mix of see, both because like, that's what I do for that's what I do for my personal projects I try and like if I am going to use a sample I better make sure that that's a good ass sample and that it's right. like I'm working it enough to the point where it's almost unrecognizable from the original see I have a question though so like on YouTube, you're allowed to do covers. So, like, if I, if you play, you know, whatever song is really hot right now, and then somebody gets their guitar and they play and they sing a cover of it, that's cool. That doesn't get copyright claimed because it's a person doing a cover of a song. If I take that I Get Money part and we go into a recording studio and we re-record that with somebody else who maybe sounds like them or sounds similar or whatever, if we say those same words in that same way and we use that in a song, it's not going to get caught by the AI, right? But is that copyright infringement? It's, you know what I mean? it's, it's technically a type of sample. Um, right. Because they did that, like people do that a lot of times for albums when they want a certain song and they aren't, they don't get the rights to it. 
to use the actual recording mm-hmm. from the studio or the record label or whatever. So they'll get musicians and like re-record it. Yeah. And by doing that, I want to say it's some sort of sample that doesn't really involve permission. Mm-hmm. You still need to credit them, I think, as a songwriter. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes down to like, you know, like, um, I don't know. Like, like, I, th- I think on site, that little uh, section where it goes into like, it's like the crazy, like electronic beat the whole time. And it's like, how much do I not give a fuck? Let me show you right now before we give it up. It's like, to give a fuck. We need that part is a pre. Like, it was a sample that he wanted to take from this song, but he didn't get the permission to use it. So they re-recorded it and then pitched it up. So it was like, oh, yeah, that's that song pitched up. But really, it's our version of that song pitched up. Right. Which is genius. Yeah, yeah, Because that's yeah. like a big fuck you to the, like, right. oh, yeah, uh, try and take this down, AI. Like, um, going back to Uptown Funk, there's a there's a, a song in it, or there's a, there's a lyric in it that's literally just a Trinidad James, like, ad lib yeah, yeah, yeah and so they just used it and then they just credit him as a songwriter and it's like trinidad james didn't write any part of that song just because you took a they lyric do that, that he they used do that before. anytime anytime um like is biggie accredited in sicko mode yes for- <laughs> i was that's literally what i was just about to say that's you look insane. yeah look on sicko mode there's like 30 credited rappers <laughs> and so christopher dumb. wallace is one of them it's, it's so crazy dumb. it's actually like, really crazy like just <laughs> Just for him saying, give me the loot. <laughs> right. He gets a credit. It's three words in a probably probably 700 words in that whole song. Yeah, that's crazy. All the different shit they say. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I want to keep pushing the envelope on all that shit because it's fun. Definitely. And I'm trying to get some, some big cease and desist letters from some big companies one day. Right. That's how you know you really made it. That's how you know you made get it. Get sued. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> let's wrap this up again. Um, check out Justin's new uh, album Nag Champa on SoundCloud right now. Look up J Nag Productions on SoundCloud. Um, as for us, uh, we'll be back with a bunch of news on all of our stuff. By the time you're hearing this, you're probably done with the Pretzel Day event. Uh, we didn't get to promote that like we would have liked to, and there might need to be like a Hannah cut of the Pretzel Day video later on when we get all the pieces together because shit fell through when I got COVID. But uh, Shit happens. So um, <laughs> glad, you're, glad you're back and you're yeah. healthy and getting all back is to well. it. Um, but yeah, you guys are gonna get to see anybody listening to this um, and watching us in the next couple of weeks. You're gonna get to see phase two of found. So the 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 uh, not going to school, hundred percent focus on this found. So um, we have a lot of really cool stuff for you guys. Um, you really especially video finding time. Really, we're found gonna find time. a whole shit ton of time in the next two weeks. Um, so uh yeah that's that's pretty much it um make sure to like subscribe and ring that bell um i think that's pretty much it no no clue who our next podcast guest is gonna be we're gonna see um i'm gonna probably schedule out a bunch of people um all in one go but uh thanks for watching guys thanks for being on justin of course thanks for having me sean Thanks for recording. Shout Thank out, you. shout out, Drain Minds for the shirt. By the way, uh, we mentioned Ethan a couple times. Shout out, Found for the shirt. <laughs> All right, guys, bye.